Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 246. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm Todd. Hi. Aaron is not here this week. We'll be back next week. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Miss you. We're, we're slip-seating uh, host in, in, in who's on what show this week, because I filled in for you on the Weedsman, Chris. Oh, nice. And, yeah, now Aaron's not here, but we got you back. So we can't we can't get all our ducks in a row at the exact same time, but it, yeah. we're working on it, folks. <laughs> Can we get our shit together all at once, people? It's like herding cats. It's been that way. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. You can't. That's the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> How you guys doing? I, I, I missed you in the last week. I've been all right. I've been better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, let's, let's, let's be honest. We're, we're down on a listener. We had a man down. Yeah. yeah. My father passed away. Uh, that's, where, that's where I was. And, yeah. Sucks. It's a nightmare I thought it would be, but I'm alive, so uh, it's I'm here. What you your, da- do? your dad was he a listened listener. To, huh? He listened to every show, every podcast we've ever done, uh, every uh, whether it's this one or any of the other ones. Every air shift I ever did on the radio, he listened online, like you know, fifteen twenty years ago, like yeah. Uh, Wow. Gonna miss him. You know, yeah. all the travel. Uh, we should talk about this a little bit because we had a really, really neat discussion before the show about this because we, Chris and I have not, I don't, I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. I don't know if anybody else had, but uh, it, it's interesting you had that kind of support from your dad because my mom's still alive. And everything that I've done from the radio shows 20, almost 20 years ago now, to the traveling, the blogging, the video work, the podcast. She's never listened or read a word. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. <laughs> Not one morsel. It just showed, like, absolutely, you know, beyond the, oh, that's interesting, you know, obligatory stuff. Never showed any interest in figuring out and learning about what I was doing. And, uh, yeah, what we were talking about, I, I guess, before the show is that it's really nice to have that sort of family support, especially if you come from sort of a, a family unit, isn't, and you get around, my girlfriend and I have been together for 15 years, and her family, it was like you go to these Christmas and Thanksgiving gatherings, and they like each other, they support each other, you know, it's not about sort of this vampirism, 
emotional vampirism or exploitation or whatever. It's how families are supposed to treat each other. And you, it sounds to me, in the conversation we had before the show, Chris, that's, that's where you came from. And it sounded, uh, at least to me, like you, you gained a little bit of an appreciation for that over the last couple of weeks. Well, that and just to it, and things like that, just the last few years, I'd be quite honestly doing a podcast with, with guys like you and hearing how you guys came up, the relationship with your families, just my friends in general, you know, mm-hmm. and when I really thought about it, how many of my friends, you know, their parents actually stuck together. They were, they know both of their, were both of their parents in their lives or their parents like gave a shit to model like, you know, like they did what parents were supposed to do. They, you know, model them, show you how to be a good adult, I guess. Like, and the last few years, I've realized I'm really fortunate that I had that. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. I, I only have one memory as a, well, I was 16, but I'll say it as an adult of my parents, even really being in the same room, being <laughs> polite to each other. And it was weird because I remember sitting there thinking as I'm watching my, my, my dad and my mom sit on a couch next to each other and my grandfather sitting in his chair a few feet away. I was like, if I took a picture and I said, this is my parents and my grandfather, it would look like they were still together. <laughs> it's the only picture <laughs> time I remember them where it's not like they're not fighting or they don't have their significant others or... There's not lawyers involved. <laughs> I have never seen my mother and father in the same place together. The only time, the only image that I have ever seen of my mom and dad together is from a photograph taken in like 1956. See, now for wow. me, this is, the, yeah. this is the first time I am not seeing my parents together. Yeah. Like this, you know, I was telling Todd before the show, it's my mom still. You know, she's staying in the house. You know, my dad always used to joke, she's going to be carried out of that house in a body bag. And she will. So she raised mm-hmm. her family. You know, she there's been an addition put on. They remodel everything. She's got it just the way. She, took 40 years. She got the way she wanted. She ain't fucking going anywhere. But it's the first time she's probably lived alone ever. You know, she she came from, she, they were probably the last of the old school where you lived with your parents till you got married and then... She's got her son, her daughter. What did you say? Within like fifteen minutes of each other? Oh yeah, I'm ten minutes away. Uh, yeah, my sister is like eight minutes away. So yeah, yeah. That's like I said. That's the, before the show. Anyway, we sh- we really should have recorded what we said before the show. I think because it's it's like the old circle of life. You know, where where your parents raised you, you stayed around, you had this this family unit that you could crutch on, that you could depend on, that you cared about, that, that you would do anything for them, they would do anything for you to support you, right? And then when your parents got old, it came time for the children to support them, if not financially, but at least be there, you know. And I, and I pretty much got cornered by the family at Christmas, like, hey, man, dad's sicker that he's telling you, probably not the best time to move. And I hemmed and hawed over it, and then finally, all right, fine, I'm not moving. It's a big pain in the ass with work, but I still work there. Everything's yeah. fine, you know. It's, mm-hmm. but yeah. So in, in the last few weeks, I've, so many times I'm like, man, am I glad I didn't move? Yeah. Well, your your family also seems to be the type that, for whatever reason, well, I don't know. You 
you and I seem to be raised in this way to get uh, this. This is alike with us, at least, Chris, is that there's a level of respect for your elders, even if you don't agree with them. Yeah. You know, and you, you as the younger person, you put in a little, maybe a little bit more effort than they do to keep in contact because that's just what that's part. That's part of how, you know, I was raised. I've noticed the younger people in my family. It's not like that. The attitude is their, their wrist isn't broke. They can pick up a phone and call me like, (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute, you don't, the only person you talk to on the phone is me because I let it be known to my family members. I was like, I'm not having entire conversations with my thumbs. If you can't get on the phone and talk to me, then that tells me that you don't give a shit enough to have a relationship. Yeah. And I've had family go, I don't talk on the phone. I'm like, then you have your answer. I'll see you when the next family member dies. <laughs> that, and that's just, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I do... Like, I, like, just talk, like, you, when, every time you talk about your dad, you know, or especially, <laughs> especially when I started on the show and I got loosened up a little bit, I'd say some shit, and he'd be like, sorry, dad, I, I know, I know he's listening, sorry. Not <laughs> ah, a couple of times, too. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's, like, to me, it was just, it was amazing, but it, I just, you know, because I just like you, Todd, I, I think the only time my mom ever took any interest in anything I did is when we started getting radio attention when I was in a band and we started doing these radio show gigs and she would come and get drunk and strut around and tell everyone who would listen that that's right. her son up there playing guitar. Because it's it was, about her. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When I, uh, she, my mom liked the, uh, the radio stuff that I was doing because, uh, I started making money doing that at one point. She likes the photography that I'm doing. She always likes to tell me, you should put together calendars so you can, sell. it's all about a money generating thing for her. And I don't understand it, you know, because it's I like, she sees this as a way that I can make money so she can, I siphon off of it, I guess. See, I, see, I don't see, but I don't know because my mom is like that, but for a completely different reason. It's all just making sure I'm taken care of. Yeah. Like my mom didn't give a shit. Like, oh, you want to play guitar? Do you want to? You want to be on the radio? Whatever you want to do, I support it. Just make sure you can pay your bills. That's kind of that's kind of how my mom has always been. Yeah. Like, I hey, wish I would. I crazy I wish- thing you want to do? Just. Make sure you pay your bills. I wish I could believe that that was where she was coming from. (laughs) I don't think that's it. I I think it's one of these, kind of like you were saying, Rich, it's like one of those things that it's about her somehow. Completely about her. Like there's going to be some payoff or I don't know. It's not, if she were to show any interest in, you know, the actual process of it and, and, seeing what was being done with the photography beyond how much I'm selling, you know what I mean? Then I would, I'd be okay. If she'd bothered to, you know, dig into the, the travel writing that I'd done, but there's no interest until it starts to have a dollar sign attached to it. And then it's like, Oh my God, the antennas come up, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, I just, I remember meeting your dad, Chris, at, uh, was it, was it the open house? That the parents came to? Something like that. Open house, and, graduation. Well, I met him first in an open house, and then I met him at a graduation. And 
I just remember you were one of the few people whose parents actually came to the open house. That was like for family and, and, and stuff. And I was like, huh, that's strange. Because <laughs> I was young enough where I was like, wait, wait, you mean you have, there's people out there whose parents are A, still together, B, actually liked each other's company, C, like their children? This makes no sense. <laughs> I don't see what they're paying for. <laughs> that could be it coming out like well at least it's not in a shed behind someone's house honey it's, it's yeah. an actual school <laughs> yeah. there's actual desks and chairs oh look they have pencils <laughs> yeah. you know there's an element to this you know everybody's different with this stuff and I, I, it, I think a lot of people have well I'm pretty convinced I'm not going to say this with any any sense of absolutism, but everybody's got skeletons. Every family has something in it, and every person within it has something in themselves that's not perfect. You know, every every family has its problems and things like that. But I I, I really wonder sometimes how much I'd love to know just the totality of effect that upbringing and relationships have moving forward. You know the subconscious stuff, the 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 the, the sort of the, the background program that runs in your mind and affects all the other relationships, your outlook on life, everything about who you are moving forward. And it's uh, it, that that part of this, especially considering my background and and the stuff that happened with my family in the last ten years, really fascinates the shit out of me. Because I, I think a lot of the I don't want to turn this into a political discussion, but I think a lot of the stuff that we that we experience is uh, it's seen through a really cloudy filter sometimes socially. And we tend to apply all of these sort of demons or whatever we have from our distant past onto people, onto things and how we see the world sometimes. If that makes any sense. I feel like I went into a stream of consciousness rant there, but you don't know what I mean, a though? quest to be understood. It may be a quest not only to be understood, but to gain some sort of, on some level with some people, I'm not saying this about you certainly, Chris, but some people uh, gaining a sense of justice. You know, maybe that sense of entitlement that we always talk about on the show here comes from this empty void someplace where you feel like you were denied something, so you're entitled to something over here. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not saying anything in an absolutist sense, but I do wonder about that sometimes because it's, it's really interesting to hear you guys talk about your family backgrounds and then sort of try to um, apply that or uh, make connections as far as how we see the world. Well, I mean, I can say one of the things, I, I don't want to, jealous isn't the right word because it has a negative connotation. Envious of maybe I don't know maybe that's a, a little bit of a softer word, but like I remember the first episode we did at Christmas time we were talking about you know we were all talking about I think Jay was on at that point also all you know growing up what our memories was of our family and stuff and it was strange because you would talk about your family and you didn't need to go well first there was Christmas Eve at mom's house I mean. <laughs> Christmas morning at dad's house with that side of the family. And it was, you're just like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was strange to hear that your whole family's right there. Cause my family, the leave it to beaver theme. Yeah. Well, when you told me you sang happy, you told me you sang happy birthday to Jesus. I thought <laughs> oh, you were fucking yeah. with me, dude. <laughs> no, I was like, 
it, you know what I think of when you say that? I, I've never heard you give that, that description of the holidays, Chris. But what I remember and what I think of first is how when I started in radio, and I turned this into an advantage for myself, but I would work every single holiday. I'd, I'd work uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, all day Christmas fucking day because all these people wanted time off to be with their families, and I had none. It yeah. was a chore for me to go spend Christmas with my family. So I hear that, and I, I don't know that jealous is the right word, Rich, but I know exactly the feeling. And for me anyway, I would, de- I would almost describe it as a quiet, embarrassed contempt. Like, fuck you. You know, very subtle, and I know it's wrong, and it's not anything directed at the person, but when I hear that, I'm like sitting in the corner with my arms crossed, like, you motherfucker. All right. That's, I mean, if that's, you know, I have, I, here's the thing. I don't, I, maybe when I was younger, I was like, had some sort of subconscious contempt, but I mean, I, th- I think I'm pretty self-aware now and I'm just like, it's just families are different. I have yeah. more contempt for my own family. I have contempt for my family. See, if I had, my family could have been in my life growing up. They chose not to be. And then they hit a certain age and they decided they wanted to, to, to shoehorn themselves into my life. And they're still looking at me as the little four-year-old kid. They remember the last time they were around me on a day, you know, daily basis or a regular basis. And they're trying to tell me what to do. And, and, and I mean, you know, I had one cousin call me and said, I need to move to Colorado, become a cowboy and a, and a Colorado Avalanche fan. And if you know anything about me, horses <laughs> smell like shit. I hate fucking cowboys and fuck the Colorado Avalanche. That's just all there is to it. So, so if I got you the Claude Lemieux action figure, you wouldn't take it. I would go find the Darren McCarty action figure and have him beat the shit out of <laughs> 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 Then I'd find a horse and have it shit on the fucking <laughs> Claude Lemieux action figure. But no, and I'm just, just like, you know, it, it, I have very few friends whose families are still together. And I'm going to say this, and if people get pissed, I don't know. To, I don't know what to fucking tell you. You made some bad choices in your life, but the 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 friends I've had whose parents stayed together, who their upbringing wasn't complete chaos constantly because of the 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 environment the family set for them, are the ones who've done the best as they've gotten older. Yeah, you know they're the ones who have avoided jail time. They're the ones who, you know, don't have 15 kids by 14 different women and shit. You know, like it's, it is amazing how we like to these days, especially shit on any type of traditional family values. Right. But the reason that they've been traditional and the reason that they've lasted so long is because they work. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, what's kept me out of jail. Three words. I ain't failing. No. Don't call us. <laughs> when I was old enough to get arrested, that's what I was told. Like, you better have some friends with some money. Right. Like, you get arrested, don't call us. Yeah. I, I've never been in the back of a cop car. Yeah. See, see, yeah, yeah, see, and, and, and like that's, I, I get that, but to me, it was like, oh. I didn't give a shit about calling my mom. I'd be like, whatever, bitch. How many DUIs you have? 
You know, I don't care. Who are you, who are you to fucking judge? No, because for me it was like, it was like, my friends are broke. Shit. I can't get arrested. It was that call to dad and him going, I am so disappointed in you. Yeah, I really I wonder about that. I really just take an ass whooping. I wonder about that, though. And I that's, that's part of the psychology, I guess, that quiet underlying psychology that a lot of people aren't aware of in themselves or each other is that I wonder how much of a sense of self-worth you get coming from that family unit and how much value you actually, like an increase in a sense of, I hate the, the, the phrase self-worth because it sounds all new agey and self-helpy and shit, but I wonder if that's it because if you come from a family background, you have, you have structure, you know, you have a foundation, you have roots, you can trace yourself back, you see where you come from, right? And if you've got a fractured family, how much less value do you place upon yourself and the worthiness and the worthfulness of your life you know i i i I often wonder about that and not to mention the fact like, like i was talking about before that if you see other people who have this structure this family life and i'm not saying this like i the, the word contempt at least for me is a good one and i don't i don't necessarily think it's a conscious thought or something that you dime contemptuous of this person, but it's just a sense you feel when you look at someone else and what they had. You compare it because we all compare. Facebook has shown us that, and you compare it to what you didn't have, and then you feel this 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 absence of accountability and this sense of entitlement that you are you should just go do all of this stuff. A because your your life doesn't mean anything, and B you know what the world fucking owes me something. And I wonder if that is sort of the the track that runs from this fractured home life, this fractured family life, to these folks. Like I've I've got tons of them, Rich. I was running down that same path up to a certain point where you just don't give a fuck about your own goddamn life. And you make really shitty decisions based on how you feel today or this minute and find yourself either in jail, bankrupt, homeless, working at 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder about that, and I, I, I don't think, you know, people like us, we don't tend to talk about, you, you see, you know, these psychologists and psych, psychiatrists and self-help gurus trying to make a buck talking about it, but people, normal people, don't typically talk about this stuff, and I, I wonder about it, just from my own experience, and I, you know, I hear a lot of echoes from my, my experience and how I grew up, I hear a lot of the echoes in you, Rich, a lot, and I sense a commonality as far as the anger goes. And I, I wonder how much of that thread is common. Just innate anger. That you didn't have a support system to tell you to get your shit together? I mean, is that essentially what you're saying? <laughs> it sounds like that in its base form, that's what a family is. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's also it also gives you it's it's a support system to help you get your shit together. But it gives you a psychological and emotional foundation. You know who this you is are. True. You know exactly yeah. who you are, and you ha- and you you put some value in it. And if you don't have that, if you're just some random you know <laughs> connection of sperm and egg that was spit out nine months later, what value do you have? Or if your family doesn't show interest in you, or doesn't show any sort of uh, actual authentic love towards you. You don't have that. So how do you react to it? I'm really fascinated by that and I wonder, I really do, I wonder how that that skews outlook sometimes. Just in I general. Don't know. It's 
It's it's strange because I feel like I mean my dad died and I was in my early twenties and my mom died in two thousand eleven and even before my mom died I was kind of adopted by friends a few different friends families mm-hmm. and so as an adult I felt like I belonged like I would get, like okay perfect example I get a call on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and it'd be my buddy Paul and, and his wife April and they'll be like hey we're having Thanksgiving dinner over at you know, so-and-so's house, do you know where that's at? Do you need to text you the address? You know, you're more than welcome, blah, 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 blah. And I go, and I'm like one of the only non-family members there. Right. And, you know, same thing with, you know, May's family. I mean, I call his dad Pops, for fuck's sake. You know, I mean, I, it's just, so I, I have that as an adult, but it's just not my family. It's not, the, it's, it's nice, the gesture is nice, but it's not a substitute. At all. You know, it's nice to feel included, but it's not your people that you're being included to. And on some level, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I, there are other, our friend Brian here in Kalamazoo used to have the uh, uh, radio orphans Thanksgiving every year, which was kind of the same thing. It was like people who didn't have anybody to spend Thanksgiving with would go to his house every year or almost every year anyway. And it's just, it's just not quite the same thing. Yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, it's very alien and foreign to me. Yeah. It's, it's just to, to, like, well, once again, I just think back to that first Christmas episode we were talking about, you know, even Aaron with his family and, and Jay with his family, and I was just like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, you're on the road going to see different family members because this family member isn't talking to this one and this one still pissed about something that happened 40 years ago and these two are divorced and they can't be in the same room anymore. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, I, 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 let's put this way. It's, it's nothing I would ever want my kid to go through. Well, no, no, no. You no. know, and I, and there's another, Wait, there's another aspect of this. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring race into it, didn't you? There's one other thing. This, where, huh? Where's your white privilege? Whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold, hold all right, up, all right, all right, all right. Hold up, Chris. Hold up. Aren't you Lebanese? Wait, what's, up this, what's up with all this Lebanese privilege and families <laughs> and shit? Yeah. All right. Are Lebanese considered Arabs? Oh yeah. Okay, so where's your Arab privilege here? Come on. <laughs> sandwich between Syria and fucking Israel? Yeah, I think they're Arabic, dude. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to touch on. I know this is kind of a strange episode so far for, for us. This is actually kind of nice to get away from the politics, at least for a little while, at least in my head. But I, I'm curious about um, one other thing, this experience, since we're talking about it, Chris. You mentioned in the, uh, the pre-show chat uh, last week, or no, it was, I think it was on the show last, uh, the last time you were on two weeks ago, about how certain experiences like this, losing a parent, losing someone close to you, makes you realize what's important. It makes you understand what really matters. And you're close enough to this now. I think it's really, I, it would be really interesting. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But I would really like to hear you articulate what you kind of in the last couple of weeks came to determine that is. Oh, that we complain about some bullshit every Thursday, you know, when we record every Thursday. I mean, when you really get down to it, like, it's cool. 
I, I guess, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it, I know, I know neither of you are, are a fan of this guy, but this quote has nothing to do with his craft, but there's something Dr. Drew said a few years ago that's kind of really stuck in my head. Uh, it's your life is the sum of your relationships. And that's really kind of my big takeaway from this whole last couple of weeks. It really is. That's all I got. Really, it, it, there's nothing more to, to really say about it. it mm. it's, that, is, that is your life. The sum of your relationships. It's about, it's about having people at your funeral, but that... See, that's not a good way to put it because it because it seem, it sounds narcissistic when you say it like that. But it, mm-hmm. it's it, ha, having having people care enough about you to show up, maybe. Right. Like I don't know, I'm still processing a lot of shit. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, completely. I I I went through this uh, a couple of times over the last couple of years, and I uh, I came to. Um, Sort of a same, the same, not not necessarily exactly the same, but very very close to that. And what I came up with was that you have to appreciate the things, the people that matter while you can. In other words, yeah. there's there's no difference in appreciating someone when they're alive and appreciating them after they're gone. If you can't do it while they're alive. I mean, if you can do it while they're alive and enjoy spending time with people that you care about, that you authentically care about and that care about you, the people that matter the most, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot easier after they're gone because at least you didn't waste the time you had with them. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess maybe yeah. to, to, to... Time to, is fleeting. Yeah, and to apply it to what you were talking about with your dad, you were you were plotting this move to the the Pacific Northwest, and you decided not to go. You know, and had you went, you got. You, I mean, maybe you didn't spend every day with your dad, but you at least were around. You could spend more time with him while he was here that you wouldn't have been able to do had you gone out west. Yeah, I mean, I'd have seen the guy. You know, maybe when. You know, I saw him once every couple of weeks, but if I had moved out west, I'd probably went to once every couple of months. Right, right. You know. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, yeah, I, I, again, I'm not going to speak for it. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But it sounds like uh, that you had some sort of at least an innate intuition about that uh, before yeah. when you decided not to move. And yeah, it was just more kind of just raised to not bail on your family. Right. And that's really when you get down to it, family's going to need you. You know, and again, it's more like it's realizing, no, old man's not going to be around much longer. Oregon ain't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, been there for 242 years. (laughs) A lot longer than that, but ain't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it's just it's it's yeah. Last couple weeks definitely changed my perspective on, on life, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe reconsider uh, kids. Uh, really? it, it's it's not completely off the table. It, it, it's not. But uh, at this point, Mandy's forty-one. I'm thirty-nine. Be a goddamn miracle if they were biological at this point. Have to get science involved, but oh, uh, it's just it, it's made me put it back on the table. Uh, really? it just, it, 
It makes you think. And yeah. I was thinking, like, you know, it's, it's sitting around watching my dad die. You know, one of the million thoughts that runs through your mind. Like, man, it, and again, and it, God, God damn it, making it all about me. Uh, it's it just, you know, who's going to be sitting around my bed? Just Mandy? That is. No, but that, no it, it, you don't, know, like. Don't discount that. I mean, that that's. That, that, I. I I, I wouldn't discount and, and criticize yourself for making it about you because death is about each of us individually. When you see that happen, it reminds you of your own mortality. You're going to die at some point. And it's okay. I mean, that's, that's the, I hate to say this. I, I, I didn't really want to run down this road, but I, I started a blog post last year. And it's something that has been brewing on my mind for about 10 years. And I've never been able to really fully articulate it without being horrifically scary with it. But I used to uh, have, I had this kernel of a thought that sometimes cancer can be a blessing if you look at it the right way. And you have to let me explain this because I, I got caught up in blog posts uh, from like Caring Bridge and other places of people who had like breast cancer and decided to take it to their laptops and started blogging about it, about what was going through their head, what, what it was like to go to chemotherapy. And they would do this for like two or three years until they stopped. And then someone would post that so-and-so passed away at this time and you know the service is going to be here and there and I got caught up in this because there is something incredibly powerful about that raw naked ego free perspective of knowing you're going to die that just strips everybody naked and so when you re- go ahead no, so that's the one thing I just I, I just wondered how the old man dealt with it like, yeah, yeah. you know, pretty much being told, like, hey, man, get your shit together. Rise going to turn on you at some point. Yeah. Like, that, that's that got to fuck with you. Yeah, it fucks with everybody. It has to. But then like, again, too, I watched, like, he he piled into his religion even harder. And it seemed, uh, it, it's... It helps. And, 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 and that's when I kind of realized that's what the purpose is for. Yes. Yes. You know, shit like that. And watching my mom and my sister, they're still really, you know, my mom still goes to church every week. So is my sister. Like, and it helped. Dude, I was a mess, you know. Yeah. And looking at my mom and my sister, you know, I'm not, not saying they were robots, but they were handling a lot better than me. They had their faith. They had a way like, to process. better people than me. Yeah. You're better people than me. Because, uh, you know, Mandy was even asking me the last uh, week or so, like, hey, you've been thinking about running back to religion? I'm like, no. I was like, the, the problem is there's a f- switch in my head that's been flipped to where I think it's all bullshit. Like, right. it's, I can't go back. You right. know, now I'm looking at those people and I'm like, I used to mock people like that. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm ju- I wish I could do that. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? And that, that, when you can see it through that empathetic Prism, as long as they're not forcing it on you, blah, 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 insert that whole diatribe here. But that's the whole point of it, is that it helps people cope with these really difficult facts. They are facts of life for everyone. People die. People we care about die. How do you deal with that? You deal with it by telling yourself, 
that you're going to see him after you die. And that it helps to just soothe that grief. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people being able to do that. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. Now, of course, it comes with its own side effects, and it comes with you know people trying to shove it down your throat. But for what it's for, to explain the world and give you an operating system and a coping mechanism, I mean, it makes perfect sense, and it's it does serve a purpose for a lot of people. Yeah, let's be honest. It helps some people not be total assholes. And it does. And that serves a purpose, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm... Well, I, one of the things you said is, you know, when you were, you were sitting there, it got you thinking, watching your dad was going through, it got you thinking about your own mortality. I, I'm going to echo what Todd said, but I'm going to add to it a little bit. That's perfectly natural and normal. <clears throat> I had that conversation with my uncle, my aunt, uh, a few other people in my family when my dad died. And it was very strange for me because my dad's name and my name are exactly the same. So I walk up and it's like, you know, funeral four and there's my name. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, well, that's going to be me one of these days. And then it hit me. No, the fuck it's not. Everybody that would give a shit enough to, 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 to have any type of funeral for me is older than me. And chances are will die before I do. And yeah, when I was taking care of my mom, when she had cancer, people go, you had a shit relationship with her. How could you take care of her? If you, you, you're one of the few people I would say, if you walked away, I wouldn't blame you. And I said, because it was the right thing to do, period. It's not about getting even or, or paybacks or keeping score. It was the right thing to do. Because that person I, changed my shitty diapers. Because if I wasn't there, no one was going to be there. And that was driven home big time when she went into hospice care because... You know, it was the building was set up that there was you, the main entrance was in the middle and there was two long wings, long hallways. And the people that were there for a short period of time who had a chance of getting out were closer to the front desk. And the people who were there just to die, they put all the way at the end of the hallways. And she was there for five, six days. And there was two other beds in her room. And I didn't see any of those people there more than 24 hours. Damn. So I knew what that meant. And that's why, like, all bullshit aside, this is not bravado. This is not trying to be sound like Billy Badass or, you know, I'm trying to emulate Hemingway or, or, or Hunter S. Thompson. It's just the reality of it. If I get that, that if I get that, that get your shit in order from a doctor, there ain't going to be no one here to take care of me. And I'm not wasting away in some state home. Well, I'm with you. Laying in my own puddle of piss and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I'm as 100% sure I will take care of myself as I can be without being <laughs> in that situation facing it in the moment. And I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I, I'm, I've actually have pretty much determined that's exactly how I'm going to end. It'll probably be off a bridge because I want to feel like what I want to know what it feels like to fly before I'm dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I don't see anything wrong with it either. You know, whereas now I fully admit that my outlook is based on the fact that I have the family or lack of family that I do and the family I do have, they don't deal with this shit very well or they're just so far out of the loop. They would go, that's not my problem. I'm sorry that's happening to you, but that's not my problem. Yeah. And so 
it, it, be, it, it just becomes the pragmatic way of handling the situation. If I had family that w- would be there for me, I would probably have a different outlook. I fully admit that. Well, that kind of reminds me of what Chris said, though, and I, I'm wondering if this is what he meant. It's like it's it's your life or your your life is about the relationships you have and the relationships you you forge and, and develop and maintain. It doesn't have to be family necessarily, but I, you know, <laughs> we're kind of alike in that sense too. You know, I don't have a lot of. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't want to get too far down that road, but I, I, I get where you're coming from, you know. And it's. I wonder if it's um, a matter of even if it's not family, even if it's developing new, new, new people, new relationships. Um, I don't know. It, it gave me something to think about, Chris. Let's put it that way. I, one other thing, though, I want to. I want to finish with the the uh, the cancer thing that I was talking about because I feel like I left that open ended, and I have to be very, very careful. The reason I haven't really finished any piece on this and made it public is because I don't I haven't ever felt like I could really soften the edge when I say that sometimes uh, something like cancer can be a gift to the living and if you go back and there's this one girl I remember her name her name was uh, Brittany Barzee B-A-R-Z-E-E and she was um, really she was like 22 23 years old and she had ovarian cancer and her Illness lasted, I, I, I want to say it was like a couple of years. So you could tell, if I, I just got caught up and addicted to reading these blog posts up until the end. And the commonality between all of these, and especially hers because she was so young, is that when you have that, that definite mortality, that definite knowledge that you are not going to live to be old, you are not going to live to see the fulfillment of all the things and all the dreams that you had in your life. The ego is torn away. And what is important and what I think can be a blessing to the living if it's paid attention to, the the dying are wise. They know what life is about. And they all, almost all, have some very, very stark, naked consistencies between them. It's about family. It's about the little things. It's about spending time with those people that you care about, doing what you enjoy and not stressing over bullshit. That is all common through almost every one of the things that I read. You, you, you will find some people who are angry, obviously, and there's an element to that, but they all sort of gravitate back towards those things, even despite their anger. Because they have a very limited time left. It's very finite. It's measurable. There's no mysterious end date, no expiration date that's not printed on the bottle. They know when it is. So they start focusing on things that fucking matter. And, you know, I, I wonder, and this isn't a, a, a blast on the show or a blast on any of us, but I wonder if they were to sit in on one of our podcasts where we're just bitching about some really... I, I'm with you on this, Chris. I, we, we complain about a lot of ridiculous stuff sometimes, all of us, me included. I rant about it half the time. But I wonder if you sat one of those guys down, if we got together in a room, got an empty chair, and sat somebody down who was going to be dead in 18 months, who was 25 years old, and they listened to this, what they would think and what they would say. Does this, does this shit matter in the long run? So that's what I was getting at, and I, I, I really want to stress that it's not, I, again, when you say cancer can be a blessing, people cringe, I cringe. But to the living, and if, if you're listening, the dead speak. 
the walking dead speak and that what they have to say is the closest thing i think in my lifetime consistently that i have ever found that is the closest to the truth authentic raw truth can i share some humorous moments from the past week please do (laughs) all right first of all the grieving process no one talks about that you should a million times all right there's two things I got tired of doing last week, crying and pooping. All right. Wow. <laughs> Were you doing them at the same time sometimes? Uh, I think there might have been. <laughs> might have been a moment. Know, I don't know what I'm crying more about. I lost my dad or my asshole is so raw. From yeah. <laughs> uh, a second thing, meeting at the funeral home. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. For a split second, I have that scene from The Big Lebowski in my head. Never seen it. No. What are you What are you talking about? You never seen The Big Lebowski? No. Okay, hold on, hold on. When they hand him the bill is what he's yeah. talking about. Excuse me, what's this? <laughs> you know, it's our most modestly priced. Yeah. <laughs> it's ah. like we're bereaved. We're not sapped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Birth and death. They fuck you coming and going, buddy. Oh, that's the oh man, bureaucracy doesn't stop just because you die. My poor mom, watch her have to deal with all this crap. Like, uh, and then the third thing is realize when my mom and dad were together, is mom had a little bit of a a leaky faucet at the house last week. My brother-in-law since taking care of it, but she said. During all this time, she had all these people going, hey, if there's anything I can do, she said they had the thought, hey, do you know a plumber? I was like, God damn, Mom, that's a George Carlin joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, cause, and, and ironically, I had listened to his last album, the day, uh, the day My Dad Passed. For some reason in the morning, I got up and I listened to Carlin's last album, and I had that on it. He's like, you know, hey, they always say, if there's anything I can do, well, now that you mention it, Rodney's painting. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, those are those are some some humorous moments from that whole experience. Yeah. Well, no, it, it that's 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 why I'm glad I have a few of the family members I do have because they some of my more fa- some of my family most of my family members honestly are the more stoic types like the you know how can you laugh at a time like this and how could you joke at a time like this and I'm like because it's either this or a clock tower <laughs> you really want to see that you know I mean that's just all there is to it and it, it, I, I, the, the, the further away from my dad's funeral which was sounds like the exact polar opposite of your dad because it was just family showing their ass and other family members sitting there trying to crawl underneath a rock and you know disassociate themselves as quickly as possible that i i don't know i i I try to remember as fucked up as it's going to sound the lighter hearted stuff that went on about around that time then all the bullshit and and like you said like you said you said that you feel that it gave you a perspective, and you're like, we bitch about some bullshit. Best piece of advice I can give you about that particular feeling, hold on to it as long as you can. Yeah. Because I'm too cynical, dude. I I, I, I walked around going, every day is a gift. And about two weeks later, I was like, does it have to be a pair of fucking socks? 
It has. There is a shelf life to that. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Oh, no, there is. And uh, I, I, one of the the starkest um, examples I can give of that in 2015, I was down in um, uh, where the fuck was I? El Salvador. And girl I graduated with, I had a huge crush on her. I, I had two crushes when I was in high school, two major crushes. She was one of them. She died of breast cancer at like she was like 42, something like that. And I was sitting on a beach drinking rum that night right on the Pacific Ocean. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like the thing that came out of it, it, it took a week or two to really process everything. But what I distilled out of the whole thing was that you don't know tomorrow I know it sounds cliche. It's not guaranteed. Next week isn't guaranteed. Next year isn't fucking guaranteed to anybody. We all know that, but we forget it, right? And the, the, the phrase that came out of my mind at the time, I've tried to turn this into a mantra, was plan less and live more. Just do it. You know, Get out and live the life you want to live while you can because you may not get a chance to, right? But the thing is, is that it took me about maybe three weeks to a month to forget that. I mean, it's still there. I still understand it, <laughs> right? But you get caught in the minutia of the, the bullshit of everything else. Everything else starts to climb up that priority ladder. Everything else that really, you know, intellectually, after going through all this stuff, everything else Push it, the, the, the bullshit pushes the important stuff aside. See, you really, I mean, you're, Rich is absolutely right that it goes away if you're not careful. If you, and, and maybe even if, you're, even, even if you are, because the, the routine of life starts to take over again. But the things that you learn and the things that you realize, the insights that you gain in those moments are real. It's just a matter of being able to put it into practice and hold on to it beyond you know, the, the morning period. Well, I also think that if you tend to be more of a, a, uh, I, I don't know if optimist is the right word, or, or maybe just more of a, have a positive outlook. You don't think, you know, I, when people tell me like, you know, Oh, be positive. I'm like, ah, oh, that's the corniest shit ever. Yeah. That's so corny. You need to butter it up and fucking, Serve it with some mashed potatoes and fried chicken. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, I live oh. with that. I sleep next to that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's a, it's, but, it's a choice. That's though. important in life, though. Like, it is I, a choice. I tell her I need that. It's, it's a choice, though. And it, it is corny. And I have the same initial reaction when people tell me the same thing. I, I react the same way. I, I tend toward negativity and cynicism because it's easy. It's easy to find and look at everything that's fucking wrong, right? But it, it's, it, this goes back, to, I'll invoke Jordan Peterson here. One of the things in his book, that 12 Rules or whatever the fuck it's called, good book, by the way, you should read it. Uh, one of the things he talks about is you, you manifest what you gaze at. You, 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 you will realize what you look at, and it is a choice. We all are pretty lucky. There are shitty things that go on in everybody's lives or alive we have positive things that are going on in our life. I mean, if you were to look at your at your fiance, your, your wife, you're not married yet, but if you were to look at Mandy, that's a positive aspect in your life. You know, if you were to, to dwell and obsess just as much on how lucky you are to have her 
as how as to how bad this shit over here is, how's your outlook going to change? It's not a matter of just saying, oh, everything's great. I'm going to be an optimist. It's, it's a matter of focusing and paying attention to the things that are good rather than obsessively, compulsively dwelling on everything that's bad. And that is a choice. That is a physical fucking choice. It's cognitive control. It's being able to look at what it is you choose to look at rather than just reflexively and reactionarily averting your eyes to the black. And it's hard as fuck. I go through, you've noticed this in me. I know that you've, you've noticed this in the shows and probably on, and on Facebook and in the chats and stuff. I go through waves of this. Where I, one week I'm an optimist. One week I, I have a positive sort of you know, focus to me. And then two weeks later I'm just in the pit of despair. And it's because I focused or spent time reflexing to the black, looking at this negative shit, dwelling on politics usually. That's the big one for me, is when I start dwelling on politics and dwelling on the dialectic and the two radicalized fringes, I turn into a raging fucking cynic quickly. But I start looking at like the traveling stuff that I've done or my friends or my girlfriend or any other of the things that are really good in life. It, cha- it just, it, there's no, it's not a conscious changing of the biology it's just the psychiatry changes because you're looking at something that's good. Now, I, I've, I've, I've also noticed I, I don't miss the social media. <laughs> yeah, I used it. I, I used it in the last. I, I, I realized last week what I've used it for is actually kind of what it's for right. <laughs> to stay in touch with people. Like it wasn't. It's I'm, like I haven't been on. I haven't been using it. For, I think I'm maybe on a couple months now. Oh man, I don't miss it. It's it. What are you talking about? So what great. it's for? It's it, it's a place for amateur hack propagandists. Come on. Oh, it's, that's, a, uh, it's not a place for family and friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that's funny. That's it's one of the things I did think of um, over the last couple of weeks. I remember you saying at one point, the only reason you feel like you have Facebook is to. Just to let your, your, your parents know that, like, I landed safely right. on the trip I was going to or coming home from, you know. Yeah, well, my mom, Facebook to my mom is something everybody else has. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Like, she has no clue. She wants, us, she wants me or my sister to shut down my dad's Facebook, but not to tell anyone that he died. Because, like, yeah, she's all parent, like... It's funny the the fears that she has about computers, but she's seventy. She don't know them, you know. Dad was the tech guy, you know. There's so many things I'm gonna be like, Mom, that's so like twenty years ago. They fixed that, but you know, it, it's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Now I'm just I don't know. It might just be radio. So I I needed to run the pages for Christopher Media now. Because right. my other ID with no friends, it doesn't seem to let me want to be an admin on any of them. You got to so, re-add it. You got the same thing happened to me. Did you deactivate it? Oh, deactivate? No. The empty profile? No. Act to give yourself rights again and try it again. You have to do it from your main page. But the same thing happened to me with mine because I've got a, a ghost profile with no friends in it that I use to maintain the photo page and the, mm-hmm. the podcast page, and I can't do anything with it all of a sudden. Because I think it was because I either deactivated or didn't use it for a certain amount of time, so it like zapped the admin privileges from it. So you just have to re-add it back. You could do that from your main profile. Because yeah. I mean, I'll, I just, Messenger serves my purpose now. Messenger, use great. Messenger. 
Yeah. You can use Messenger without having to have an account. It's so, like Yahoo Messenger, AOL Messenger back in the day, so right? Done. That's all I needed <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah. I, that's the, the one thing that I, I cannot, I, I don't feel like I could get along without. And it's the one thing that's stopping me from just nuking the entire Facebook experience is Messenger because I do value being able to inter, interact like with you guys in the group chat or people individually, you know, without having to post it as, and broadcast it to everybody in that list. I really enjoy that. Or find yeah. their phone number or all that crap. Right. You just look them up. Right. Yeah. You just click on them and there they are. Right? And they get they get it immediately. You know, it's not like you have to wait until they answer their email or open their email account or whatever. I mean, it is really useful, but beyond that, I mean, I it is it's it's a it's a pit of despair if you scroll down at all. It doesn't matter how often and how much you cleanse and purge and scrub that profile. If at least once a day, you're going to be sucked into a vortex, the one way or another. Either from your friends and with some random shit they post or some ad. You know, I got a I got an ad popped into my feed for Bill Shooty the other day. Why the fuck am I getting an ad from that cunt? <laughs> really? Is, is this what I need? Is this is this what a place for friends is? Because it's Facebook has Facebook's decided that where you're at in the political spectrum is and is in their it, from their viewpoint, sending ads they think you'd be interested in. We did this on on, yeah. on one of the earlier shows. We went through the settings, and we each looked up what <laughs> Facebook thought we were. Yeah. And it's funny because I did that, like, I don't know, six months ago, and it had me listed as uh, a conservative. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, okay, all right. So... Probably yeah. why I stopped getting black people meat ads and started getting, you know. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm still getting the scooter ads. I, I'm a, I'm, you know, a 68 year old uh, Austrian woman now from fucking Austria, by the way, and uh, I still get like the, uh, the, the scooter ads that you see on the middle of the night, the the commercials. Oh, you go, you go everywhere and you're hover around. Yeah, yeah, I get those every now and then, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I get the one for the the bathtubs. The walk-in bathtubs, you get those? Uh, I no, might have. Owner, I don't. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, funny, though. Hey, you know, I understand why Facebook does this. You know, but it, it, to kind of go back to the rant I was talking about, about where you put your eyeballs, it's really hard to keep a positive attitude when you're on that site and just some random thing will grab you and kick you in the existential cock. You know, because it's really easy to see a Bill Shooty ad on Facebook. And then it, it's, it's almost like these, the, the, this, neuro, this black neuronet just connects, right? And all of a sudden you're back in political mode, just recoiling from the very sight of this human being. You really want to make your site better, Zuck? Eliminate politics. Get the political shit out of it. Especially the paid ads and the pages. You can you can just watch if he does that. You can just watch the stock. Oh yeah, like a fucking rock. Because it's a fucking gold mine. It's a fucking gold mine. I don't care how he rebrands himself. He can steal MySpace's old slogan all he wants. Place for friends. Whatever. No, it's a place for fucking ads. Well, there's also just the fact that. I, I, you know, I just had this discussion with a few people recently. Most people want conflict. 
Most yeah. people want to fight and argue and say the worst possible thing they can, that, that can come to mind to say to somebody with complete impunity, with no ability for any type of, of, of consequences or repercussions. Right. And I don't care how much, usually it, it's amazing. Usually the person who preaches nonviolence the most are the most disgusting fucking human beings online with the way they talk to other people. And I go, yeah, and now I know why you're all about nonviolence, because you're a pussy. <laughs> you can't fight, but you can get online and play keyboard warrior all day, because that's, that's as close to a fist fight as you're ever going to come. And it, it really does hold up almost to a person, their personality offline and, and the philosophy they preach versus the personality they present online. Because... You'd think you're talking to a Navy SEAL half the time with these guys. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you something. These guys can't even fucking run a goddamn mile, let alone fucking get past buds. Right. All right. So, fuck out of here. I mean. I mean, at what point, though? You know, we, we've talked a lot about this. And it's it's something i've been i've been grappling with over the last 10 days or so i mean it it seems like we've come to a lot of conclusions and about you know social media and the virtual existence and virtual warfare and all this other stuff i mean at what point if you've come to the conclusions why subject yourself to it any further just so you can bask in it just so you can have your already drawn conclusions reinforced and the negative reactions you're going to have to it intensified? I mean, at some point, you know, what Chris is talking about, I think, is the next logical step. You know what's there. And I'm not saying you in particular. This is a generalized you, Rich. But you know what's there. Why go, why go wade in it anymore? There are better things to do than that. Oh, I'm one of them sick fucks. I always want to know. I... I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Sorry, I'm one of them pathetic fucks that want to want to know why. And the the, the 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 older I get, the more I realize there's really not that many there's not that many answers as to why with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think or, or or mobs of people, whether it be online, offline, it's just the mob mentality. Yeah. And if, if you could take those people. Out of that situation, calm them down, ask them why they did what they did, and you would it would be like that Bill Cosby skit about talking to his children. I don't know. You hear it in your sleep. I don't know. Or they'd bust into, you know, prefabricated platitudes and cliches, slogans, you know. Well those those are the those are the ones that yeah, those are the ones those are the true believers, the religious zealots without a religion. You know. Yeah, or right. they they found something to Substitute replace religion. religion. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a common now. It's, yeah, I mean, that's that's everywhere. It's endemic. I mean, I, just to, to 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 shift a little bit, uh, Chris, you brought this up in the pre-show talk. You know, you got what's going on with Les Moonves right now, and I don't. Isn't he like one of the most powerful people in the entertainment industry? Not anymore. Well. Before the yeah, before the the shit came to came to light. I mean, he <coughs> CBS. Even though I don't know anyone that watches it, gets amazing ratings. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I don't know anyone who watches CBS. No, it's one. got the Big Bang Theory. It's got doesn't it have all them N, NCIS and 
Yes, it's got that. It's got Criminal Minds. It's the network old people watch. That's what I was, I was about to say. It sounds like an it's, old person's network. When it was younger, we had, uh, what is it? Uh, it had Murder, She Wrote, and all that. Diagnosis Murder. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see an anime version of Big Bang Siri. So in other words, you've got Siri's voice getting banged in cartoon form for like 30 minutes every week. Rule 34 of the internet is, if it exists, there's porn of it. So it's out there somewhere. Jerking off to it right now. I'm going to actually, I'm going to Google Big Bang Siri and see if anything comes up. If you hear me, if you, hear me you know, uh, chuckle. Let's see. Big Bang Siri. Now, maybe it's because I've... <laughs> okay. I've, Big Bang Siri episode, Big Bang Siri cast, Big Bang Siri actress, characters. Yes, there's something out there. <laughs> there is a porno called Porn of the Dead, where people in legit Hollywood effects makeup fuck his zombies, and at the end of it, he blows nut on her face and she bites his dick off. Oh. I have seen it, and I was like, first of all, who the fuck is jerking off to this? And we need to put them on a watch list. Second of all, why? <laughs> what, what need in hole in the marketplace decided this needed to be filled? Is, is, is there a demand for it? Like, is it something I just don't know about? But no, I, but the reason I brought it up is because maybe it's because I, granted, I'm nowhere insulated myself as much as you have, Chris, due to, you know, life circumstances in the last couple of weeks, but I'm not, I don't hear the, or see the online social media mobs calling for like his head, Les Moonves's head, like they, like they did for Harvey Weinstein and, you know, Kevin Spacey. And maybe, maybe I'm just missing it or I'm thinking maybe this is just becoming like, eh, all right. So there's another old fucker who's in power who, Holds it over people. Are we shocked by this anymore? No. Just exile them from the human race and let's move on. I mean, it, it almost seems to be the attitude. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the, 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 the accusation is the most detailed that I heard is Ileana Douglas's account. And that goes back to, like, the late 80s when she was with Martin Scorsese. And Martin Scorsese even spoke on it. So, I mean... If he's been doing it that long, you know he hasn't stopped, especially with the invention of Viagra. <laughs> it's just made it worse. Exactly, yeah. God God help any any female around him if he ever got hold of ecstasy and Viagra. You know, it's fucking over with. But I, I don't know. Is it, it makes me think, like, has this just once again become, okay, well, this is, this is just what the, how the world is. We can all get mad, but, you know, it's, it's always going to happen to some extent. Just, I don't know, it just seems to be a collective shrug and a meh. Whereas six months ago, it was like, did you see what they did to Mussolini? That's what they're going to do to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> well, it, 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 is it Me Too fatigue? But, I mean, he'll lose his job or he'll have to go away. I mean, what, Chris Hardwick got his jobs back, so I'm sure. And then some. Yeah. She's got a some sort of hosting job on NBC. Let's, let's, let's explore yeah, that. New job? Yeah. 
I, I'm curious about the Me Too fatigue thing. What do you guys think about that? I, I wonder if that is, uh, if, if <laughs> the backlash, the backdraft to all that is going to be coming at some point. And I wonder what it would look like. What are, you, what are your thoughts? What do your instincts tell you? You think there's going to be some sort of a, a recoil to this whole movement at some point? Because it can't go on like this forever, right? Yeah, it's going to start. And what, what do you uh, think it looked like? Uh, I, I think we're going to get back to you shouldn't have worn that dress. There was a really interesting piece. I tried to watch John Oliver this week. And, I, I you know, I used to love John Oliver. I can't. I can barely watch him now. And he had a piece on sexual harassment uh, this week, which nobody's condoning. Just stop with that. I know you're out there. I hear you thinking it right now. You're condoning sexual Fuck you. But he, he was doing a piece on it. And um, one of the uh, points that one of the, uh, the, the, the negative, the evil, the bad guy clips that he used was that people are just going to stop hiring women because they're going to they're be so afraid of having you themselves. You can't do that. Well, yeah, you can. Sure you That's- can. That's... Civil Rights Act, 1964. If you have three, if you have three we do not have um, affirmative action for women as of yet. If you have three qualified candidates, two are men, and you hire a man, what are you going to do? No, but you legally can't say I'm not going to hire you because you're a chick because technically some of all the problems chicks come with. You get no, no, no. Nobody's ever going to say that. Nobody's going to explicitly come out and say, you know, I'm not going to hire you because you might be one of those women. Nobody's ever going to say that. But how do you prove that, that you were not hired over this man? And if that's the case, if that's going to become the standard, how is that not then a weapon to be used against men? That, that any time a woman's interviewed for a position, she has to be hired because she has a vagina. Or else she's going to scream discrimination. We ever make you a sandwich first before you even you know, start the interview. And a pot pie. <laughs> have her scrub a plate as well. Now, you see what I'm saying, though? That was Put one on of this apron and nothing else, and let's see your pie-making skills. That was one of the, that was one of the, theory, or the points put forth. Of course, Oliver just, just poo-pooed the idea. But it's, it's a legitimate threat, I think, that it could get to the point where people are so sick and tired of dealing with this, so sick and tired of the, the baseless... There's going to be baseless allegations. I'm not saying any. I, I can't think of any as of yet, or right off the top of my head. But at some point, something's going to happen where this is going to be proven to be a fake allegation. Somebody's career is going to be on the brink of being destroyed because of a lie, because of somebody seeking some fame, and that's going to be probably, possibly, maybe, the impetus for not hiring women at some point not to subject yourself to the threat i think what, what, what's more likely to happen if this mindset that we've that, that what we that a lot of people in in our society have adopted in the last five ten years continues to go down the road it's going you're going to find women fronted women run almost exclusively for women and males they deem non-threatening <laughs> companies and pockets in companies not necessarily like to give an example they might not take over the line at detroit diesel to where it's just an all-female line there's just nothing but female line workers but they might take over a part of the you know a part of the engineering somewhere where there's just all the women engineers work over there so separate but equal 
Well, they'll do it. They'll do it, and they'll say that this is the only way they can do their job safely because right, men are enough. predators. Men, men are predators. Right. So this is this is, this goes back to the old uh, segregation argument in the '60s. Except instead of blacks, instead of whites being afraid of blacks and keeping their kids away from dangerous black people and not have them going to dangerous black schools, we can't subject women to dangerous men. How is I mean, this different? I. It's not. That is the that is the ultimate problem with playing these these games. When you when we start dividing people up based on their whatever they choose to identify themselves as first and foremost. Right. This is the outcome of it. This is, this is it, it, it's 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 ironic because they attack people who celebrate individuality. Yet it's almost yeah. like like they, like they, like they want individuality, but they want to, they want to be protected from any type of criticism. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not explaining myself very well. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you guys a headline it's from the New York Times from this year, from June second. Oh, I'm sorry, last year. I kid you not. It says colleges celebrate diversity with separate commencements. I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> yeah. Colleges celebrate diversity <laughs> with separate commencement. Unity via division. Didn't yeah. like Martin Luther King die over getting rid of this? Separate but equal. Well, this is this is this is something that it's nothing new. There's first of all nothing new under the sun going on here with this. But this is the dirty little secret that we in America don't want to look at because. It forces us to be honest, and we don't like honesty. We like brutal honesty because we revel in the brutal part and dismiss the honest part. But we don't like truthfulness and honesty in this in this country. And the truth is, people will divide themselves by a defining trait willingly more often than they will mix with people who are considered outsiders, the Auslander, as you put it, the mm-hmm. others. Okay, yeah. that's. I've seen it. I've seen it. Detroit and Inkster, if you're not from the Michigan area, Detroit is, if you don't know Detroit, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, Inkster was like a little version of Detroit in the, in the, in the, in the middle of the, the, the western suburbs of, of, of Metro Detroit. Detroit and Inkster is emptied out into the suburbs surrounding it. And it is exactly what every, it's the exact opposite of what everybody tells me white flight was. White flight was white people didn't want to live with black people after the riots in the sixties and, and the civil rights movement. So they left for the suburbs. Okay. Well, now the black people have went into the suburbs and there are whole pockets and neighborhoods in cities that are all black. There's hardly any white people. And I'm not talking slums. I'm not talking Section 8 housing. They can't escape systemic racism. They're stuck here. I'm talking McMansion fucking neighborhoods. That, cannot, that can't Looking be an accident. That cannot be an accident, folks. So anyone who goes, oh, this is, this is a, a trait one race possesses is either an asshole or they're a fucking liar and they're trying to stir the pot. Because this is something we all possess. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be race. That's just the that's just the easiest thing to divide someone up by without someone opening their mouths and getting to know somebody. 
you look different, so you're over there and I'm over here. It, and, and if we all look the same, it would be, what religion are you? How did you yeah, vote? We'll, we'll find something. It yeah. ain't biological sense of tribalism. Exactly. And it's that's that's where I'm afraid it's going to head. I'm afraid it's going to head into, and, and uh, you know, it's yes, it was a shitty 90s movie. I, I, it's what I call a good, bad movie. But Demolition Man, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it, it, it turns into something like that with male and female interaction in 50 years, where there's hardly any body contact. If you want to reproduce, it becomes a very clinical, you jerk off into this, we take one of your eggs, we mix it, we insert it. Yes, you want to intercourse is a power display. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... That's the, the the deeper into the the nutbag, shaved head, blue haired feminist you get, and the more and more you hear constantly that all heterosexual sex is rape, and these and these women believe this shit with yeah. all their heart, and the fringe is becoming more and more moving towards the middle. See, that's how the middle is going to be fucked. We don't, we're not going to. The people in the middle aren't going to have to make a decision. The fringes are going to crush us in between each other because these fringe yeah. ideas are going to become more and more mainstream. They already have. Well, it's the other way around. The mainstream is going to become more fringe. More in the mainstream are going to be gobbled up by these fringes. It's the analogy I used, I think, last week when I was talking about the turtle in the shell. You know, you can be in the middle. And you can you can sort of retract and withdraw into this little ideological turtle shell, but eventually, both on the left and the right, they're gonna they're gonna come crashing down on that shell, one way or another, and, and probably from both sides. You know, it's it's it yeah, the middle is is becoming I don't know I I don't I don't know how to articulate that, but um, at least on the left. I can see this definitely on the left, and I haven't really, yeah, I guess I would have to sit down and, and sort of analyze it a little bit more from the right because my focus has been more on the the, the red threat, the red scare coming. But um, I can definitely see, especially in the media, uh, you know, television shows, newspapers, the, the, the mainstream accept, acceptable narrative is becoming more radicalized as far as the leftist uh, viewpoints concerned. More and more. Well, I mean, guys, we've went in the span of five years, a very from 1993 to now, to where Alex Jones is considered a valid source of information. <laughs> I mean, well, I, well here's, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be to us. And here's what's dangerous. The people that he is a valid source of information to don't give a fuck what we think. They don't yeah. care. You could talk... Right. Todd, till you lost your voice, till you literally collapsed from lack of air in your lungs. You could filibuster for days on end, yeah. and they would, they would go, I don't give a fuck what you got to say. You're wasting your time. You're fake news. Yep. And that's the scariest part, is that there's, there, the, the bar has been fucking removed as far as what can we, what can we prove with facts? Right. People, too many people don't care. Well, I, I stand by the, uh, the the thing we talked about <clears throat> last week and a couple of uh, a couple other times is that with the advent of the internet and so many sources of data of information unfiltered, un um, oh god, what's the word? Uncurated information. Uh, 
You can go find anything you want. You can go find anything pro or con to any the arguing any simple imperial fact. And I think that most people have basically given up. I think even the, I don't think that people are a interested in the truth primarily. I you're dead on that. I think people uh, just want to have their viewpoint um, supported, right? But even the people that are interested or would be interested in the truth can't find it. It's so difficult to sort through the mountains and mountains of data bullshit to find out what's an actual fact and to distill it down and put it in context so, and context so it goes from disconnected data to information to knowledge. How the fuck do you sort through all this? Who has the fucking time for that? It's just, you know, it's not an excuse. And I said this last week. It's not an excuse, but I understand it, and I can see the tendency and even even the want to just give the fuck up, grab onto your religion, what you choose to believe, your operating system, and run with it. Because we're flooded, man. We are flooded with bullshit. We're drowning in bullshit. Please name the episode Drowning in Bullshit. Because that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing, man. We done and done. We cannot <laughs> breathe. We're surrounded by so much bullshit. I mean, I, Alex Jones is a ridiculous piece of garbage, but he's a marketing and an informational genius. He knows how to put his product together because he knows people will buy it. He doesn't care why. He doesn't care about the ethics of it. He cares about the dollar bills. He cares about the brand. And in that aspect, he's like Glenn Beck was. He's a genius, right? And I also can just a little bit empathize for where his followers are coming from because where the fuck else are you going to go? Where are you going to go to find the truth? You tell me. Both of you guys tell me right now. Where, do you, where are you going to go to get the fucking truth, to get pure facts so you can actually put the information into context and become knowledgeable about something? Where the fuck are you? MSNBC? You're going to lose Go to the, the CNN. The only two sources that I can think of that are so boring, most people won't read them. The AP and Reuters. Ha! The two that I read all the time. Ha! Ha! That's exactly, exactly. Anything else, you're, you're going to get a slant. You're going to get a product. Exactly. You're going to get something that's packaged to, if, if you want to be outraged, and you're a conservative, you watch MSNBC. If you're a liberal and you want to be outraged, it's Fox News. If you want your ideas supported you and you're liberal, you turn on MSNBC. Yeah, it's the 700 Club or the PTL Club or Al Jazeera. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, exactly. You got it. I love, you know, the, the thing that one of the most, tooting my own horn here, making the direct comparison to religion is more and more apt every fucking week. What do you believe? Where's your religion? Where's your scripture? Where's your doctrine? Who are your disciples? And that's where you've gotten, I guess, me to amend my thinking that m most people need something like that. Yeah. And if it's not going to be religion on the scale that it has been historically, they're going to find something else. Well, yeah. And, and, it, and it seems like it just seems like at this point in America, it's 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 politics. Everything is politics. Everything. Yeah. I mean, case in point, we're a couple weeks away from the new Madden coming out. 
they released the soundtrack. Oh boy. The list of the, the list of people and songs on the soundtrack. One of them, one of somebody who obviously was looking for something, because who else would do this? Looked up the lyrics of all the people that were listening on the soundtrack. One of the songs mentioned Colin Kaepernick. They questioned Electronic Arts, who puts out Madden, about that. They said, "Oh, we removed and 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 and, and bleeped that mention of Colin Kaepernick in that song on Madden." Yeah. 2019. Congratulations, libtards. Look what you taught the right. Now they do it too. Yay. I mean, that's everything is political. Yeah. You can't it. And that is that is why I'm not un, I'm not unplugged as much as I am uh, for any other reason that I'm tired of paying a price for a crime I didn't commit. I'm tired of everything being. If I make one statement that someone disagrees with, I'm 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 a I'm a Hillary supporter or I'm a Trump <laughs> bot or you know and I, and and it's and it's it's one of these two things because that's all there is. And Incidentally, like, I, I I did uh, trademark Trump twat this 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 week, so feel free to use that if you like. Trump twat, okay. Yeah, it's royalty free. Go ahead. And- but I mean, it, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm dead serious. It's gotten to the point where if you go into certain articles, comment sections, yeah, the Don't. minute someone says yeah. anything against the, the the mob mentality in those comment sections, you just see people responding with, "Yeah, okay, whatever you Russian bot, yeah. okay." That's the new thing. That's that's the new version of fake news. Everything's a Russian bot now. These, right. if you disagree with the mob, then you're a Russian spy, or mm-hmm. not spy, but you're you're a, you know you're a Russian hacker who it, isn't hacking. Posting on a fucking comment section is not hacking, folks. I'm I'm sorry. It, well, it's 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 like being either an infidel, a blasphemer, or a heathen, a savage. You're not. Falling in line with the doctrine, you're not falling in li- in line with the scripture. Therefore, you're godless. Therefore, you're the enemy. You're you're uh, a a tool of Satan, so to speak. That's what it boils down to. I mean, all of these are put into you know the contemporary vernacular, but that's exactly what you're saying. These people in the comment sections are saying you're an infidel. I mean, I said it the last couple of weeks, and I meant it, and I still feel this way. I think pride fucks with too many people in this country. Too many people in this country can't admit, oh, I got taken for a ride. Their pride won't let them do it. And, yeah, I have no problem admitting it. I admitted it multiple times. I mean, dozens upon dozens of times on this show. In 2008, I fell for the hope and change bullshit. I was like, maybe this will be different. For the first time in my adult life, I voted for a politician not voting against somebody else, but voting for that politician. Right. You know, when I voted in the primaries in 2000 for McCain over Bush in Michigan, I was voting against Bush. Right. You know, when I voted for Clinton, I was voting against Bob Dole. You know, yeah. what I'm, you know when I voted for, for Kerry, I was voting against Bush, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Nothing changed. In fact, when I, asked, when I asked that question last week, yeah, we now have a tax on, on, on us to exist in this country via the, the, the we're, we're forced to buy insurance for ourselves, whether we need it, want it, or can't afford it. Yep. 
I mean, that's why I'm. Wait, no, everything's free now. That's whatever. That's what I read. Yeah. It's all free. The phone. <laughs> <laughs> everything's free now. You just walk into the emergency yeah. room. They give you a cup of coffee and a hamburger. That's that's you one thing. As soon as it came along, yeah, and uh, the Obamacare stuff started to take shape, I started calling. It wasn't. I started saying it's not health care reform. This is insurance reform. It has nothing to do with health care. Your health care isn't going to change. It's not becoming free. It's not getting cheaper. You just have to buy fucking insurance. You're being compelled to pay an insurance entity. That's the only thing that's changing. You are compelled to buy it. It's mandated that you purchase health insurance from a health insurance company. That's it. I was I was looking at any job that could lead to a career around 2009 and this is this is you know summer 2009 so i started applying for you know entry-level jobs and things that i thought maybe i could make a career of the amount of insurance salesmen and jobs in for insurance companies that were all over the internet was insane because those companies knew obama won he's going to push it through there's no way it's going to be single payer. Right. The compromise is going to have to be we're going to we're going to get a modified a slightly modified version <laughs> of rock care, which the state of Massachusetts has had for fucking decades now. Right. And that's exactly what we got. And those insurance companies weren't dumb. I mean, they did everything. Like I I, I went for, to one interview and the guy was like, "You have to get certified to be a salesman in this state." Here's this. Here's this. You have to sign up for this. Here's the, the you know, you study for like five, six days, 10, 12 hours a day, and then you take the test, you pass it, and we put you on the road and get you making money. Oh, and yeah. They were willing, they were, and they were willing to pay for the shit. That's just the wife just, the wife just switched from being a bartender. She's slanging Affleck now. She works for the duck. It's a good dollar. <laughs> oh, it, I'm, yeah. It's gonna be all coming to my account. I'm, I'll I'll let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go back to this though. I I I don't feel like it's something that we've. Uh, I don't think like I don't feel like this is a worn tire just yet. And I I I really can't emphasize enough. You know that this drowning in bullshit, drowning in just disconnected propaganda data, just these. Fragments of information that really don't have any context or any connection to any rational, logical argument and or truth. How much of a problem this really is. And I, I think it's, it's imperative to stress and to try to be at least a little bit empathetic to why people get up. Now, I don't know the solution. I said in the podcast, I think I put together back in February, the, the solution to this is they're going to give you what you want, right? And the solution has to be a social sea change where people start demanding unbiased facts and actual information put into context, therefore knowledge uh, as far as the bigger picture, right? And then you can get to the point where you're actually getting real information. You can make your own determination, but people don't want it. So what does this mean in the long run? What's the uh, what does the road forward look like? It's on fire. It's like kind of Mad Max. I th- I think it's going to be unless you're a true believer. 
case in point, this year, the only reason I'm going to vote is to legalize marijuana in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Damn right. And and if uh, one of Schneider's little fucking uh, whipping boys gets the Republican nomination, I will most likely vote against whoever has the best shot at beating him because I've had enough of, of that one tough nerd bullshit. I'm, I'm done with it. There's... The cost of living in the state of Michigan versus the quality of living in the state of Michigan is fucking out of control. And it, it hasn't changed under him. I mean, we are now four years out. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Yeah. No one gives a shit unless you live in Flint or know someone who lives in Flint. Yeah. See, now I'll be, I'm on the side of the fence. That I'm, I'm doing a lot better under Schneider than I was under Granholm. But uh, I'd be... I would be compelled to think about voting for at least a sensible Republican because I've lived in both Chicago and Massachusetts in the last five years, and they are both ridiculous as far as you talk about The solution to everything is not taxes. The cost of living? California answer. Oh, my God. Michigan, to me, is like a breath of fresh air after living in Mass and living in Chicago. So I... I'm not really, I'm not arguing your point. I haven't been here that long, okay? <laughs> so my, I, I may have missed okay. a few things. Yeah, my, you my, got out, motherfucker. <laughs> my, my, my point is the stupid shit like, oh, I don't know, paying $5,000 a year in car insurance for PLPD right. Right. because we're the only no-fault car insurance state. And it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why do we, why do we, uh, we... As as a as a as a region of this of this state, Southeast Michigan, I have are the three mo- answers to that question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford. Okay, and that's just what I was going to say. We're known as the Motor City. The Metro Detroit area has exactly dick for public transportation. It's a joke. Yeah. Okay. So you have to have a car. But you got a new choo-choo train up there. Yeah, it goes what straight, a mile. Was <laughs> it going a mile, Chris? <laughs> Three miles, please. Three miles. Oh, Three miles. Sweet. Yeah, that's up and down Woodward. Yay! It's so, but no, ridiculous. the roads are horrible. <laughs> Insurance is through the roof. <laughs> Excuse me. The price we pay for gas. It, I mean, the fact that it, I literally go to bed. At four o'clock in the morning, and gas is two eighty three a gallon, and I get back on the road to go to work at one the next day, and gas is three fifteen. Yeah, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Overnight. That's everywhere. Oh, no, 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 no. I've lived in enough states to say, when summertime comes in Michigan, the gas prices get jacked up. When any type of 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 traveling holiday weekend comes, the prices get jacked up. In Florida, they, they don't pull that shit like that. And in New York, the prices are jacked up due to taxes. They did it to us in Massachusetts last year. They did it to us in Chicago. They did it to us in Denver. They did it to us in New Mexico. I don't remember Florida. That was uh, almost 15 years ago. But, yeah, that's not something that's just something that happens in Michigan. No, I I understand. But, I mean, that big of a – not even 12 hours? Yeah, it goes up overnight. Yeah. That big, a 45, 50 cent jump? Yeah, it happened last year in Chicago. We were looking at uh, coming home for either Memorial Day or Labor Day. 
uh, you know, making the drive around the lake. And it happened. It was like, yeah, like a 30-cent jump the next day just because of the holiday, just because of the traveling holiday. Thanksgiving, I think, was another one. Yeah, it happens everywhere. It's not, that's not just a Michigan thing. Well, I, I'll concede that point. Now, what about the other points I made? The shit roads, the ridiculous car insurance. I found out yeah. why we have shitty roads. It, it's because uh, apparently there are different grades of concrete and... Yeah. Other states have these things called standards and <laughs> won't just let, you know, any concrete be laid for their roads. And Michigan apparently doesn't, yeah, we don't give a fuck. Michigan's roads are shit. I can tell you yeah, that. You Michigan have, apparently doesn't, has no standards. And Michigan, you can use whatever fucking, you can mix up some, you can use Bob's homemade, hey, I made this in my garage. I can tell you this. Uh, New Hampshire doesn't have an income tax, and there's no sales tax. Their roads are fucking pristine. How? How? Nobody lives there. (laughs) Well, New Hampshire. It's a lot of woods. They get they get they get nor'easters. They get all the weather we get here. How is it that those roads are in such better? You you know, I understand I ninety four. It's probably I think it's it has more trucks per mile than any other interstate in the country. Between Detroit and Chicago, I get 94 falling apart, <laughs> but the rest of these roads, come on. How is it that a state like New Hampshire, with no state sales tax or income tax, can have roads that are that much better than ours? I don't. That I I will fully grant you that point. I these roads are like nothing I have seen anywhere else. I mean, when I when I was on my my uh, Ken Burns documentary kick, and I was watching one about World War II. They were showing parts of France and et cetera, et cetera, after bombings. And I was like, those roads are comparable to 14 Mile and Evergreen. And I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, it literally, our roads and certain stretches literally look like we've been bombed. I mean, it it, it, it is ridiculous. And they take no responsibility for it. Right. I mean, this last winter, I spent uh, eight, nine hundred dollars on tires and getting my rims fixed. And Damn. they announced, "Oh, hey, if you blow your tire and you fuck your rim up on a public road, send us a, a picture of the, the 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 pothole and the bill for the damage, and we'll reimburse you." And In like, six months. Here's oh, here's the thing. The reimbursement rate was single digits of percentage of people who applied for it. And we're talking there's something like 13,000 people last winter applied for it. Probably like, I don't know, three dozen, maybe, maybe got it. And I'm like, well, what's the point? And it turns out, oh, the state, you, you, you take a picture of where you blew your fucking tire out. You send it to the state. The state sends somebody out. They patch that hole up and they go, well, the hole's not there anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Crazy. <laughs> it's to it's the bureaucracy is designed to wear you out. I'm sure I've told you guys this story. I got in an accident with a piece of road crew equipment, and the 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 forms I was sent in the time frames. I just went, yeah, fuck it, forget it, whatever. I'll just pay my fucking deductible and move on about my life. Mm-hmm. It was like. First, we'll need 90 days to do this. Then we'll need 90 days to approve this. Then maybe after we make a decision, after that 90 days, you'll get your money. Like, I did my car fucking now. (laughs) I can't wait two-thirds of a year 
What did you say the bureaucracy was meant to do? Just exhaust you to wear you out, make you give up. <laughs> That's one of the themes that I read in that Solzhenitsyn bio, where they would have people. I know it's kind of a weird connection to make, but like the people in the gulags, they had like an appeal process, but you could never get anywhere with it. It was just meant to appease you and then wind you down until you eventually gave up. There was really no hope of getting anywhere in any reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I eventually, I looked at all that paperwork and added up all the calendar time. I'm not doing this. No. Yeah, great. Whatever. You win state of Michigan or Macomb County or whoever it was. It just I remember that uh, I was still more idealistic. This is my, my mid-20s. But see, so here's, the get, thing, here's the thing. That people, here's the thing people need to fucking remember. They need to keep this in the forefront of their mind. That is all by design. That is not that is not just a side effect of bureaucracy. That is how it is designed. Just like you go to court, if you don't have money to pay for your lawyer to show up and court appearances and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and you're going against a corporation that does have that money, they don't even fucking think about if you're poor, unless it's a class action lawsuit, they don't even think about winning or settling. They just nope. wear you down till you can't afford to show up anymore. God. Company I work for, that's a tactic for well, that the was, That was the old like, um, uh, podcasting thing, wasn't it? Where they just keep suing you and suing you. Oh, and personal you. audio. Yeah. Yeah. They'd eventually just bleed you out. Yeah. Or just, well, I mean, Adam Carolla eventually settled. Well, no, he didn't settle with him because it means he's the one that. Uh, it would, oh, there was eventually an agreement that ended with him stopping to spend money on lawyers. But, yeah, it, it's a tactic that's employed an awful lot. Just bleed out the other side. If you got the money for the lawyers, just bleed out bleed out the party with the less money. Well, that's Trump's, that's Trump's method, isn't it? He, I mean, he, who called him an orangutan? Bill Maher, right? And he sued him. Right, probably thinking that Bill Maher wouldn't want to spend money on defense or something, and and money on a lawyer and, and time in court. Why else would he sue? It's obvious he's not. Because yeah, he's petty. Well, no, but the point is, is that it's it just like the the infamous Billy Graham versus uh, Larry Flint lawsuit, where Larry Flint published a a fake advertisement, or excuse me, Jerry Falwell, excuse me. Uh, he published a fake liquor advertisement saying Falwell got drunk on this liquor and lost his virginity to a farm animal and his sister in an outhouse. And Jerry Falwell sued him. He picked the wrong one because fucking Larry Flint said, I got more money than God. <laughs> Pussy sells. Dr. Detroit. Gee, titty and ass, are, that's a good dollar. <laughs> he, he took it to the Supreme Court and he won. Yeah. Because they said it's protected speech. It's satire. No one in their right mind would believe that Jerry Falwell got drunk at 10 years old and fucked a farm animal and his sister in an outhouse. I would Do you think that. he'd win that lawsuit today, though? Probably not. <laughs> that's but Trump, scary. But that's, but that's the point. Trump. I don't want to live in that world. That's that Trump thought, hey, I'm going to go fuck with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher was like, even if I spend more than I expected to, I could milk this on the show. Oh, yeah, material. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make sure so much money. You're handing him a script, exactly. a script he can use, and he's clever. He knows how to craft it and present it. That was really <laughs> ill-advised. Nobody would have remembered it in two weeks. He just lets it go, and Bill Maher still talks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about once he's averages about once a season now. He brings it up. Yeah, Trump's yeah. thin skin, man. The whole reason he's president is because Obama talked about him at a fucking. You know, dinner. What was it in 2011, 2012? You can look at that one of two ways. You know, you can look at it as, as he's thin-skinned and he's got a, a character flaw. But you can also look at it like he became president. You know, it, it seemed ridiculous, whatever you know, that was. And he he pulled it off. Kevin Smith has, has a, uh, a bit. It's not a bit. He's told the story about when his dad died. And he realized that his dad died and he went out like in a pretty bad way. He went out basically screaming. And he said, if that's how my dad goes out, a man who was a good father, a good husband, went to work, you know, did everything right. If that's how he's going out and that's how I'm going and that's how eventually we all go out, then what excuse do I have not to take my shot to try to do something? So take your shot. Unless your shot is like killing 20 children, don't take that shot. See, it, 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 like, I admire the tenacity of Trump, yeah. but really, couldn't you have punished America another way? <laughs> it's just, you know, there, there's, there is, you know, I, I'm saying, all I'm saying, I'm not glad the man's president. I despise him. But there is an element that you've got to begrudgingly, begrudgingly respect about that. From that moment he's sitting in the audience and he's being ripped on by Obama. And that look he had on his face to the day that he was sworn in. I mean, that's one hell of an accomplishment. You take the, the ends and the means and all that stuff and put it aside. He pulled it off. It's the ultimate. Oh, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I was. It's like he should have at the end of his speech in his inauguration. Wait, by the way, one last thing, Obama, your bitch chose me. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the one. Not, one good thing I will say about him. I, I admire somebody who will take it in the face like that and be smacked in the face publicly, stand up, dust himself off. And show what he's, I don't even want to say what he's made for, because that sounds too positive. But you get my point. There's, no, there's, there's something about that that you have to begrudgingly respect. Well, see, that's that's something that I think we've lost sight of. And, and, and I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it honestly started with our generation, Gen X. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I remember hearing people, older people talk and would say, I didn't agree with this person. But I had to give him a begrudging respect because I always knew where I stood with him. Yeah, does that exist anymore? Does begrudging no. respect exist anymore? No, no. It's just what? begrudging. <laughs> it does what? with me and Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not a sports podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting point. You're right. It doesn't, does it? It's either good or bad. You, if you don't like a person, you do not respect them. You don't respect anything about them. Well, that's why I, when I get into a really interesting point, I never I, thought of that. I never looked at it from that angle, but that's absolutely right. It's black and white. 
I, when I allow myself to get dragged into a debate with a hardcore feminist, one of the things I always say is, you say you're fighting for equal rights. You're saying that you want to tear down a system that holds men back through social constructs, you know, so, social constructs, just as much as it holds women back, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I understand, hey, ho, this penis party's got to go. How many times have you fucking, you and your pink mafia, put your pussy hats on, got some placards, and went and marched for fucking equal rights in the family courts? Silence. Because oh, that's different. When it comes down to it, and they see shit like Blake Griffin being told by a fucking judge he has to pay $258,000 a month in child support. They God go, damn! Yeah, a I month? Saw that. I saw that today. A month? Yeah. A month. month. Yeah. They go, you Do go, bro. you get everything you can from him. Hope you got that guaranteed money. I mean, and, but once again, I, I maintain this. If you need that much money to take care of a kid, you're, you're raising your kid the wrong way. Why is, and second of all, why isn't that kid living with his father? Why do we extort the father so that kid can continue to live with that kid's mother? If the mother can't supply, provide a, 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 an environment that that child needs to be in to be raised in, give that child to the father. Because no, if the reverse was true, you, the, you the father couldn't prove he could provide the environment needed. They would take that kid from him in a heartbeat. Now, men are disposable until they're writing the check. That's, like that's, Chris, the, that's the attitude. It's like Chris Rock said in his, in his new stand-up, and he was absolutely right. Women, children, and dogs are the only thing that are loved unconditionally in this world. And a man is only worth what he brings to the table. Keep a track at home, kids. That's $3 million a year in child support. You know, I, you know what I would do if I were Blake Griffin? I don't know what his contract status is. I assume he signed for a while. But uh, I think before I negotiate the next one, have that written in where the club pays it. <laughs> I would like a three $3 million raise, please. And you can send it to here. Yeah. So you know. So she's getting a check from the Detroit Pistons rather than from Blake Griffin. That would be you, awesome. You know, if he did that, you would the, the the cries of deadbeat father and horrible father would be deafening directed towards him. So it's not about support that it's about. Oh, it's deadbeat. No, it's not about support. It's not. No, well, it's not about support. It's not about money. It's about punishing him for exactly. something. Financially punishing him. It's not support, it's punishment. Or else, what does it matter where the support's coming from? Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. Explain to me, explain to me the logic behind, we're going to throw you in jail unless you pay your child support, yet we're going to char charge you so much in child support that you can't afford to pay it. So now you're sitting in jail. The whole time, your debt goes up, and they do put interest on that shit. Of course. Okay, because Uncle Sugar is getting his cut. The friend of the cunt is getting their cut. Believe that. So all you women who run to the friend of the court here in Michigan and think this will make sure I get my money. Uh-uh. You just made a deal with Tony Soprano. He's going to get his cut first. You get what's left over. You just all made a deal with the devil. I hear, Rich, you talk. 
And I hear with all my other friends all these stories about friend of the court hooks up the mother. My sister has had the complete opposite experience with friend of the court. Didn't you say her her ex has money? Yeah, but he's he's off the books at his job. But the court knows about it, but there ain't shit they can do about it. So they arrest him once a year at Christmas time. He pays yep. five grand, and we'll see you fucking next year. That's that's if you can afford to play that game, you can almost stay in a perpetual loop. But the, the price you pay is you have to live with no bank account, no credit card, your credit shot. If you're willing to live like that, you can. Most people don't have the will to live like that, especially if they can just cut a check and make it go away. I mean, it's a fuck. Once again, the all this every single thing we're talking about with these courts, whether it be child support, whether it be the bureaucracy of you getting into an accident with with some city or state equipment, it is all set up by design to be this way. And the fact that no one seems to give a shit, or not enough people seem to give a shit, yet people want to get upset because some silly talking head on Fox News says that if you're a male to female trans person, you're not a biological female, oh, we have to get the social media mob on him, crucify him, make sure he loses his job. I'm sorry, why are you worried about that when there's a big old fucking dick been fucking you straight up the ass, raw dog and dry for the last fucking X amount of decades? Why aren't you upset about that? It's, it, it, that's another reason I just went, I unplug, I don't care. The politics, shit's not going to change for me. I don't make enough money for this, any of this to matter. I don't have the, the money I have invested is in boring bullshit safe shit. In fact, what it's really for is one person when I die. That's it. I can't touch it. I don't play the stock market. I don't play them games. None of this shit matters to me. So why the fuck should I spend my entire what limited time on this planet I have sitting here beating my head against a brick wall, trying to get people who could do something to do something, but they're like, eh, I like my Wi-Fi. Uh, I, I, you know, my retirement went up. It's the economy, stupid. I don't care. There's no point in it. I mean, it's Todd, you said it yourself when we were talking about the abortion thing. You're like, I don't really give a shit. It doesn't affect me. I think they're, well, I, it's not that I don't. Let me be clear. <laughs> I have an opinion on it, and it, it does matter i can go both ways on it i don't think it's a completely irrelevant topic i think there are much more important things to worry about so in that context yeah let them fight it out exactly exactly and what i was trying to explain to someone who i was relaying that story to was well what's more important than that if you're a woman and you want to protect your reproductive rights fuck you i'm not okay but hold on hold on this is this is how it's (laughs) Presented to me, right? If you're a woman, you want to protect your reproductive rights. What's more important than that? I said, oh, I don't know. How about the fact that you have the right to go protest to to keep your rights or to 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 get your rights back or to change the law? If if if, if free speech is taken away from one group, don't think you're not next on the list. Yeah. Eventually, they'll get around to taking it from everybody. And if you right. can't even. Pro- I mean, Look at look at the bullshit we have during the the, the Democrat and uh, <laughs> Republican national conventions. 
you have to be so many miles away from the convention site to protest, and here's a free speech zone. No, no, it's yeah. America. It's all a free speech zone. Fuck right. you. Don't tell me where I can fucking see, where I can say something that's not illegal. Get the fuck out of my face and take your fucking goon squad with you. I don't give a shit about their faggot-ass riot gear. But no, we're a bunch of pussies. We're fat, we're happy, and we're content. So we go to our free speech zones and put our pussy hats on, act like we're doing something, and get Ashley Judd riled up. <laughs> yeah. Is Unfortunately, this where, is this where we get into a safe, a safe space? A safe space is unconstitutional. Well, the one thing, that, the one thing on that that I want to address is I, I, that comment about well, what, what, what if you're a woman and what if you're blah 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 blah? What's more important than well, I'm not, and I'm not required to pretend I am. I'm not required to advocate for you. I am not required to advocate for your specific narcissistic point of view, special interest. I am not fucking required to do that, and you are—you are not. You don't have the right to sit there and demand that I do. I have every right to look out for my own best interest, my own self-interest, and what affects my life in particular, just as you are when you're sitting there whining about reproductive rights. Now, that really bothers me because it—this—this—this this, this supposition that we are—we have a mandate to look at everyone's personal self. Uh, 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 what's the identity politics point of view other than our own really pisses me off it's so disingenuous there's such a double standard when it comes to that and we have to take the position of everybody else but our own and advocate for everybody else black people women gays trans whatever but we cannot advocate for ourselves why well, is that and if you and if you are allowed to advocate it comes after you've already proven yourself to be an ally yeah, yeah, yeah. to everybody else. No, but if you're an ally, you can't advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for everybody else. That's what making you an ally. That's what makes you an ally. Well, that's once again, this goes back to why the fuck are we advocating for stupid shit like, like, like race and <laughs> and who you and who you you you, you are attracted to? Yeah. Do, what does that fucking the only fight worth fighting is for the individual to have control over their own life and their own destiny. Right. If you want to get down to it, you always have to be vigilant against governments, against corporations, against massive major religions. There's any number of people that would be more than happy to, to take your individuality from you and basically make you just another number or another person in the pews or yeah. whatever the fuck. And you, to me, you can't, it's, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. And you try to have this conversation and you get dumbfounded stares because people can't get past, but wait a minute, I'm gay and yeah. people hate me because I'm gay. Guess what? I don't give a fuck if you were this as straight as the straightest line ever fucking created. Not everyone's gonna like you. They're good if they if they they're gonna find a reason. Get the fuck over it. Yeah. At no point are are any of us guaranteed to be liked by everybody. That's all there is to it. And we this is this is the outcome of playing identity politics. We've we've split each other up into so many different factions 
It, we can't even hardly keep up with it anymore. Well, it's, an, it's also an element of an entitlement culture, that you're entitled to automatic respect and um, happy feelings and happy thoughts and happy vibes from every fucking person that you cross paths with throughout the course of your lifetime. You know, it used to be... <laughs> Again, I'm sounding old here. I just caught it. <laughs> but back in my day, you had to earn respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now it's like the, this, this sort of sense that everything has to be automatically provided to you from the outset. That you're not required to gain any sort of affection from any, anybody else. You have to be automatically adored and respected by everybody who crossed your paths, regardless of whether or not they're inclined to even like you or not. You know, that, that comes back to the what you were going at, I think, Chris, with the, the safe spaces. You're not entitled to any negative. You're not, you're not um, allowed to be subjected to any sort of negativity in your life at all. Anything that makes you uncomfortable is an assault. Uh, I was taught at a very young age, not everybody's going to like you. Get used to it. Yep. And I think now that would be like borderline abusive parenting. You might get somebody, you might lose your yeah. job. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's talking to your children in stark reality. The, the, the ones that are still around, at least, the, the childhood experts, developmental experts, et cetera, et cetera, who are at the forefront of this uh, self-esteem movement that they started implementing in our generation, uh, and it only got worse as it went on. Uh, the ones that are still around, a lot of them are going, ooh, yeah. Sometimes an idea should just stay something like an idea. It shouldn't really be put into practice because <laughs> yeah. this, isn't, this isn't the outcome that we predicted. You know, this isn't how we, we meant for this to go. And that's no, not it's self-esteem is something that is essential to every person. It's a good thing to have. But self-esteem and supreme confidence in your own ignorance. Yeah, but it's not it's dangerous not to not yourself, not just yourself, but everybody else. Yeah, but you don't get that from somebody else. And if you are, it's you, you, that's something you have to build yourself. You're not it's not something that that every human being is required to hand you. That's all that stuff, self-esteem and all that shit comes from yourself. It comes from accomplishment. It comes from perseverance, accomplishing something, doing something with yourself that you're proud of. Not because somebody wants to pat you on the back for being gay. Well, I mean, I, I was just talking to my brother a couple days ago, and we and he, I, we were kind of about the self-esteem thing, and he was like, you know, I think you harp on that too much. Basically, he was like, old man, go yell at a cloud. And I said, okay. So do you remember going to preschool? No. You don't remember the preschool you went to? No. I said, it was a private preschool. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess they're all private. But, I mean, it was like, a, it was, it, big money was paid for you to go there. And you know what your teachers, every single one of them did to you every single day, along with every other student there? They go up, they give you a hug, they give you a kiss on the cheek. They tell you they love you, and they tell you you're special. I don't remember that in preschool. I don't remember that in kindergarten. I don't remember that in first grade. I don't remember that in second grade. Hell first no. Of all, first of all, why the fuck are you hugging me and kissing me if you're my teacher? Yeah. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> second of all, my dad and my mom would have been like, 
Well, let me take that back. My mom wouldn't have gave a shit one way or the other. My dad had been like, Why? don't lie to that boy. You don't have yeah, to I, know what, I keep hearing in my head, who the fuck do you think you are? What are the- <laughs> you know, had I been, had I expected that or asked for that or sought that out when I was a kid? Who the fuck do you think you are? I would have heard that repeatedly. One of the, 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 one of the hallmarks of, I think, adulthood is realizing that nobody gives a fuck about you. Like, it's, you are just, you are just a speck. You are, you are one of seven billion. Yeah. It, 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 and it kind of goes with the discussion I was, I was having with Mandy about religion. You know, it, it's, you know, how, how we're both, me and her are both kind of wired the same way. We're like, we'll, we'll, we'll both, you know, you, you're always told be an agnostic is a cop out. Because, oh, you want to be religious, you just don't want to. And it's, no, it, it comes from the attitude of, like, go outside in the country where there's no lights and look up. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I, know, I know the answer. Yeah, me. Right. One, yeah, okay, sure. Well, being ag- you know, criticizing agnostics is like criticizing people in the center now of the political spectrum. You know, it's looked at like wishy-washy and non-committal, where you're not choosing a side. You know, there's 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 an element. You know, it goes back I to this cosmic huh? speck of dust. But yeah. I know the answer. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I'm a cell in a massive organism, yet I know how the entire organism's wired and was created. And better yet. Over 2,000 documented religions on this planet, you chose the, the right one. <laughs> you were born yeah. into the right one. And, and nobody, yes. nobody seems to notice most of them have the same fucking blueprint. Yeah. And there's, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too philosophical. The, the, the Joseph Campbell and a few other authors go into why that is, why they came from the same story. I mean, the, 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 the similarities between the Egyptian religion, you know, the virgin birth and, and all that stuff with contemporary Christianity is stark. And they, they were created supposedly independently. Anyway, I won't, I won't get too far into that, but I, I really... Um, there's a guy named Stuart Huff. He's a comedian that I found in Chicago. He's a nationally nationally touring guy. If you guys ever see him, uh, see his name come up somewhere, give him a shot. But he he really got really emphatic in one of his shows about being able to just say, I don't know. And being able yeah. to just leave it there, you know, and not having to choose a yes. side. And not, being, not having to pretend like you have the fucking answer and you are on the side of right. Sometimes yes. you don't know the fucking answers to things, and it's okay to say that and admit it. That, that is my main answer. Whenever I've been asked by my parents or anybody, you know, what do you think about what's, why aren't you religious anymore? It's because I'm comfortable with saying I don't know. Right. I came to Bill, terms with that when I was like 18 years old. In, in Bill Maher's uh, film, Religiousless, he, he, he's talking to a bunch of... <laughs> <clears throat> a bunch of truckers at a truck stop chapel. It's awesome. And uh, he's like, you're preaching the gospel of I'm certain. I'm preaching the gospel of I don't know, and neither do you. Right. You hope you got it right. Yeah. And, and, and you call your hope faith. And that's, once again, that's fine. Yeah. As long as it starts and stops with you. Yeah. You remember and, the end of that exchange? Uh, and when he's, when he's he in said, there, he's, they pray for him, and he goes, "Thank you for being Christ-like, not just Christian." Yeah, there was that, and he also the guy. I think the trucker says, "Well, what if you're wrong?" 
what if you are? Yeah. And yeah, then he cut to something else. But that that was always, you know, they always, I've heard that a hundred times. It's like, well, what if you're wrong about this? Well, what if you are? Then what are you doing with, you know, the, 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 the continuation of that thought is, well, what are you doing with the one life you have? And that's, that's, that's God. That's why I love South Park so much. They had an episode where a bunch of people died, like, like a couple hundred thousand. They all went to heaven at the same time and the and St. Peter was overwhelmed at the gate. He goes, okay, we got to make this quick and simple for you. Only 10 of you are getting in. And they're like, 10? Like, what was the right religion? Mormonism. It was, was like, the Mormons. Oh, <laughs> oh the Mormons. <laughs> really? <laughs> that one? Magic underwear? Really? <laughs> <laughs> now I, I i that's the one thing that's almost it's almost blasphemy unspoken blasphemy now is that it's like it's like the abortion thing that i was talking about i don't know the right way to go with that like i said i said the in the other episode that i could sit here and i could effectively i think argue both sides of the abortion issue on one side yeah i do see it as killing an unborn child on the other side of the of uh, of the spectrum i i do see the point of women ha- women having a right to choose what they want to do with their bodies but from the other side it's not just their bodies that they're making a decision on it is a life at some point right so i can see both sides of this i don't know the right answer to this i really don't you see you seen louis ck's and uh, I know not a lot of think he's funny anymore. His latest stand-up Hilarious. is when they came out. Yeah, yeah. he's like, it's kind of killing a baby. It kind of isn't, but it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, just because it's, it's, it, the, the only thing that doesn't make it a baby at some point is about six millimeters of flesh. If you take that flesh away, it's all of a sudden a human being at some point. What is that point? You don't know. Nobody fucking knows. And what's at what point do the collection of cells become a human life? That the only thing, the only difference between it and being a child is the fact that you can't see it through the fucking skin. There is a point to that. I'm not saying it's 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 empirical, and I'm not saying that legislation should be written on it and that prohibitions should be made based on that, but it is a valid fucking point. And to, to sit here and just discount it because you selfishly want to be able to terminate a pregnancy whenever you see fit, simply because you had sex and got pregnant, that is disingenuous. So, uh, yeah, there is a conversation to be had here. I don't know which way to go on it, and I'm not, I, I, again, I, it goes back to the point that I made before. There are some things that it's okay if you're not sure about something, you don't have a dog in the fight, it's okay to say, you know what, I don't know which way to go on this, have at it. I got bigger things to worry about than this. I believe it's, George it's, Carlin said, you're not a human until you're in my phone book. <laughs> <laughs> Carlin has an answer for everything, doesn't he? <laughs> well, you know, I just, I, I, I remember I was about seven or eight. I was, I was at my grandmother's for the weekend and there was a knock on the door. It was a Saturday morning. And at that point, I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, who's knocking on the door Saturday morning? The cartoons are on. What are you doing? Who's here? My grandmother sighs and she gets up and she goes to the door. And it's two Christ lovers with their pamphlets. We're here to talk about the abortion issue and stop the... Uh, the slaughter of the unborn. And my grandmother just goes, and now, now that I know about my grandmother, she's probably hung over as fuck. 
<laughs> waiting for noon so she could hit the hair of the dog and not feel like an alcoholic. And she, she just goes, this issue's been debated for decades and decades and decades, and people still haven't changed their mind or come to a consensus. We ain't going to do it here Saturday morning on my fucking porch and just slam the door. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's true, isn't it? You know, nobody's changing their mind on this. I guess I have. I have a little bit because I, I, I would say, and I think it's because of the ideological drift thing that I like to talk about, you know, where I, I, I saw the horror of the Tea Party seven, eight years ago and sort of, sort of slowly drifted further and further and further, unbeknownst to me in the riptide of ideology to the left, right? So naturally, I assumed the pro choice um, mindset on this because it was easy to argue it, right? I came from that. That was part of the doctrine. So I had all the ready-made arguments there, and I didn't really have to think about it too much until I fucking excommunicated myself a little over a year ago. And I really got to thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, if I were to be honest about it, there is a counter-argument here, and it's valid. So yeah, it's like I, I, people aren't. <laughs> there's no there there's no silver bullet that's going to win the argument. It's just one of those things where fall on. You're not putting any thought into it. Ninety percent of you, thousands upon thousands of unregimented listeners of the ChristopherMedia.net network. <laughs> you like that? Most of you are not thinking this through. You're just taking your 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 commandments from the stone tablet delivered to you by the RNC or the DNC, Brother Bernie, or fucking I don't know the focus on the family fucks out there in Colorado. Sister Huckabee Sanders, Sanders. <laughs> yes, yes. Brother Huckabee or, or brother brother Bernie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's that's where we're at, and it's it's not just it's not just abortion, man. It's it's up and down. I I, I think the death penalty probably has the same the same um, doctrinal tones to it. People don't think; they just take their marching orders out of the out of their little black book. I get, I'll bet you, you know, if we sat down and made a list of all of these social issues and these these divisive sorts of um, topics and, and these things that we go to war over on the internet. How many people actually have thought these things through and how many people are actually just reacting and doing what they were told? Oh, uh, you got a lot more in the second camp than the first. I, I think the, I think a lot of people are just once again a, 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 a side effect of the, of the self-esteem movement was that at one point Every high school counselor started telling people that you're intelligent, you're smart, you have leadership ability and qualities, and the dumbasses believed it. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and so even though they're the ones that are now getting led around by the nose by people like Alex Jones or Rachel Maddow or Maddow. whoever the folk. Yeah. 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 Uh, they, they think somehow that they're at the front of the pack. Yeah. And it's like the hook's set so deep into you, you don't even realize it. Jeremy, you guys ever read Crime and Punishment? No. Man, another dose to have no. book. I, I rampaged and just, I devoured that book last week. And that's an element of, a psychological element to uh, Rascal Cobb or whatever the fuck the protagonist's name is in the book, is that he thinks that he's special. 
he thinks in his own mind that he's a genius. He's got this ingrained in his head that he is uh, somehow going to change the world. And it leads him to kill this uh, pawnbroker woman, right? And the rest of the story is basically him dealing with guilt and, and watching the, 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 the walls close in around. It's a fucking great book. It's creepy as fuck. It, I, I've never had a book make me that, that uncomfortable in my life, but it was awesome. <laughs> but that, that was one of the things when you were saying that, that they, they start seeing themselves as leaders of men, right? And they see themselves at the forefront because of what they've either been told or how, how somehow how they've created this kernel of an idea in their mind and it takes over and they think they're superior to the low, the, the the plebeians out there in the field working right and we have everybody's everybody now is the intellectual bourgeois looking down upon the masses upon masses of unwashed intellectual plebeians i just mixed my Social metaphors. I apologize for that. The proletariat. <laughs> the intellectual pl- proletariat out there toiling and picking their potatoes. Everybody thinks that they're a fucking genius now. Everybody thinks that they've got the fucking answer. And most of the time, you don't. Most of the time, you don't have a fucking answer. You've got a, you've got a quote that you read somewhere. And then what does that do? Well, how, what kind of effect does it have when people are internalizing secondhand rhetoric as individual genius. Well, you know, I. It's funny you should say that because I, 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 I have been thinking this, but I, I always forget to bring it up on on the show when we talk about stuff like this. One of the things that I find myself doing is if I'm talking to somebody, the quickest way to end that conversation or to get them to start staring off in the space is to go, "I thought of this," and put an idea forward. But if you say I read this, I watched this, I heard wow. this person say this, wow. more times than not, they will actually continue to pay attention to you. And <laughs> I, I don't know what, I don't know why that is. I don't know why original thought is so undervalued, yet regurgitating, basically binging and purging someone else's opinions is, is like considered, is, is it because we value, that, that's, how, that's how we're educated these days? We're not taught to think for ourselves, we're taught to just binge on the on the, the test answers and then regurgitate them out so yeah we must think that's intelligence but that's no that that is it, it again i'll take it back to religion that's what we're taught in sunday school right recite the scripture yeah that's exactly what i i don't know i i i hmm. i know what you're talking about though i know that look that when you're you're trying to construct an abstract thought of your own it's almost like somebody has to follow along with the thought process rather than take some nugget, some quote, some isolated chunk of, of text or verbiage from somebody else. I, I think maybe it indicates that there's, a, there's a, 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 an extensive thought behind it so that they're going to have to sit here and they're actually going to have to engage uh, their ability to their attention span. I, to stay I think, with the thought. I don't know. I think, th- I think that's part of it. And I also think another part of it is it's already a co-signed theory. Someone took the time to either record, print, right? you know, whatever, put it, put it out there. That, you know, the thought that someone else said, so, oh, so the more people accepting this thought, the easier it is for me just to go along with it. Well, I mean, that, that, 
that's Emerson, and that's that's uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson's this essay I was reading earlier this week, and that he was talking about quotations and basically ripping other people's ideas off and and quoting them in your own work, right? And that was one of the things that he said is that somebody else, if you can if you can uh, use a citation or denote someone else saying it, it adds weight to the speaker or the writer. Yes. Right. So if you yes. can put somebody else's name to it, it adds gravi- gravitas to the conversation or the, the idea you're trying to get across. Whereas if you say, I thought of this, well, it's just you. So, yeah, there's something that, that's that's something that's an idea that's not original. <laughs> so it's not really you. So you can say, actually, that next time you, you mention this, say Ralph Waldo Emerson said and then inject your own thought into it. And you're basically saying the same thing and maybe you'll get more weight with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I even remember as a kid talking to different family members, especially once I started developing my own ideas about certain subjects. And inevitably, if I said something that they just disagreed with, they would stop me and go, who have you been talking to that put these ideas in your head? Yeah. And it was like another way to absolve me from the idea that they thought was a bad or evil idea. Like, no, no, you couldn't come up with this. Someone's put this in your head. And it's like, right. I, it took me until I was about 16. My uncle said that to me for like probably literally the hundredth time. And I said, I don't know, who put the idea that, that Christ was born a virgin and walked on water and resurrected the dead and died and came back from the, from the grave three days later for your sins? Who put those ideas in your head? Because if, if you right now, as an adult, if you'd never heard that story, never heard of the Bible, and I handed it to you, you would not read that and, A, think it's a good piece of literature, B, think it's factual. But since they shoved it in your head when you were a kid and you were told to believe it or else, hmm, you know what I'm saying? No, it, it, I would take I would take exception with the literature part. I think if it was put in context as a, as a receptacle for wisdom, you collected human wisdom and how to live, without going at each other's throats, I think you could interpret it as a good piece of literature. Now, uh, is, as, is, as, a, as a play-by-play for history, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Uh, reading some of the books of the, Old Te- of the Old Testament make reading Ayn Rand look like you're <laughs> reading Shakespeare, okay? I mean, like, she right. has, like, like, it is just, you get into, what is it, numbers, I believe, and it's just, yeah, have you ever it's, read Hammurabi's Code? So-and-so begets so-and-so begets so-and-so, and it's like, there's 80 pages of this? Have you ever read Hammurabi's Code? No. It's from uh, Persia, I think. I think it's Persian. Uh, but it's like the, the very, very first code of laws that we have that were ever written down by a civilization. It's fucking barbaric. But it's considered to be... A massive achievement because it was the first rule of law that was ever written down. You know, oh, no, people, I, yeah, a couple of thousand years ago were a hell of a lot different than we are now. I mean, you, you have to be able to see it through that context. Yeah, it's barbaric, but, you know, well, no, when was it written? It's just like the first time, you know, a musician plugged into a tube amp, turned the motherfucker up to 10, and it started distorting, and he goes, well, that sounds good. Distortion was something that you never wanted. Feedback was something you never wanted. And then somebody did it, and they were like, oh, you can do that? And it's, yeah, nowadays, nowadays you can buy an amp with built-in distortion. You don't, you don't have to crank a tube amp to deafening volumes and piss your neighbors off. 
You can just plug into you can plug into your computer and sound like that. But it, it's what's funny is is that <laughs> recently I I had a chance to run into an old tent revival of some Baptists and I forgot how much I couldn't I don't know if they were first or Southern Baptist and if you're not a Baptist you're going what difference does it make you just proved to me you're not a Baptist um uh. <laughs> I forgot how much hellfire and brimstone is preached over any, almost anything positive. It's more of the, if you don't, this will happen. Then this will, this, these are the good things that'll come to you. If you treat your neighbors in a Christ-like manner, it's, I mean, there's a little, there's enough of that in there, but I mean, it was a lot of hellfire and brimstone. It was a lot of, Look around and, and look at your neighbors because most of them you ain't going to see in heaven. You know, heaven's not overflowing type stuff. And, and hell's packed to the, to the, you know, to the brim. And it's just like, wow, they're so fear driven. And, and that's, have we really, we, I know we would like to think we've evolved beyond that. Turn on the news. It's the same thing. It's all fear driven. What do they lead? What's, what's, what's the old saying? If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, politics. Oh, if you vote Democrat, they're coming for your guns. They're going to open the borders. You're going you're to live under sheer law because there's going to just be half a billion Muslims going to move into your neighborhood. And, 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 oh, if you vote for Republicans, oh, they're going to throw gays and blacks and anybody who's not white in a concentration camp. <laughs> the Nazis are coming for you. Yeah, he's just he's back, Chris. Yo, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought I heard you beep in, but then you didn't say Welcome. anything. Well, I've been trying to make sure I didn't blow you guys out because my mic likes to adjust itself when I reconnect. I was trying yeah, to make sure that did not happen. Am I getting like the robot voice thing again? Because you guys are coming through a little weird. Every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Not as bad as it was at the beginning of the call. Yeah. Real quick, yeah, I, I, I wanted to touch on something. I, I think the, the the bulk of the story we should probably save for when Aaron's here, and I will send you guys links to. I'm talking direct links to the people that I'm going to reference here in a minute, and you guys can, if you want, take a look at it. That way, you get a, a firsthand view of this shit. But this uh, this QAnon, uh, I, there's no other way to put it, conspiracy theory that is making its way through the farther reaches, outer reaches of the of the right is uh, it's pretty fucking interesting and it's pretty terrifying to me because Chris, you said it earlier in almost kind of an offhanded way, but it's the absolute truth. The right has learned the lessons the left have taught it. And they're using the left's tactics to now go after people. And I, I've always had this thought that if it came down to it, more tech-savvy people would probably lean more conservative because most people I deal with who are the, of that like tech-savvy mind, the trains have to run on time for them. And you, you know, you stereotype but in my experience, it holds up for the most part. You start getting to the more liberal side, you get more towards the artsy-fartsy side. And it's kind of a laissez-faire attitude about things. 
Oh, if I'm five, ten minutes can late. I ask you, can, I, can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. What if, what if you're not affiliated and you just want to cause the most chaos and the most get the most reaction that you possibly can? Who are you going to target? Who's the most unstable? Who's the most likely to burn their own house down if you give them a lighter? Oh, absolutely the left. The far yep. left. Yeah. They'll exactly. sacrifice their own to make a point, Al right. Franken. So give them, give them a reason to sacrifice legions of their own and watch the and just watch the party. Yeah, I mean that's that's something when 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 Chris and I we, all this kneeling in the NFL and protesting and uh, players wearing shirts in protest to come to a head the first time. We had a sports episode about it, and I said, I think the reason conservatives fail is because they tend to be on the wrong side of history. They cling too much to the past, and they don't want things to change. And the, te- and the reason that liberals tend to fail is because if they don't have an enemy, they'll make one out of their own ranks. And that's something I got to give the conservatives in this country. When one of theirs get caught with the hand in the cookie jar, they just <laughs> exile them. Get out of here. Mm. We're done with you. And the, I mean, now if you think back to the to the eighties, the left used to do it too. You don't even have to go back to the eighties. I'm, but I'm specifically thinking of Gary Hart. You know, Gary Hart was the great left hope against John Reagan. Edwards. John Edwards. John Edwards. Uh, Howard Dean. Well, I mean, so come on. Of going, yeah, after a win. <laughs> but John, he he cheated and divorced. His his wife who had cancer. I mean that does sort of Newt Gingrich though. It's just at, at that point it's like, oh, come on, buddy. Like yeah. you're making this hard. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am not. I am not defending him. I'm just saying it wasn't unheard of for a high profile politician who was being groomed to be the head of their party for that to happen to. The difference is where the fuck is John Edwards? And Newt Gingrich is enjoying retirement somewhere because he still had a career after doing that. Right. I mean, so it, the far left used to just go, okay, we're done with you. And I think the closest they've done it recently is Anthony Weiner. There has yeah. been a quick... Well, dis- yeah, but that was more of just like a... Cl- that was almost like a ghosting. Like, you, like, they just were like, if Al Franken was in a relationship with the left, the left just stopped calling, blocked him on uh, social media... And was like, no, I'll never speak to you again. Well, he's not; he's no longer in office. Well, yeah, yeah. But Weiner also crossed that line, like they kind of just was talking about with John Edwards. They kept looking the other way with Weiner, and finally, when it was a 15-year-old girl, they're like, "All right, Mark. All right, Tony. Listen, like we we looked the other way the first 12 times, but now they're underage." Got, we got to let you go. Who was that New York uh, state or city prosecutor that um, he had a CNN show after a while, I think. But he was he was a rising star on the left as well. And some something happened that tore him down. You know who I'm talking about? I can't remember his name. Oh, he got Suit caught space. with that hot-ass hooker. Oh, I, I see that as a virtue, to be honest with Elliot you. Man has, Elliot Spitzer. Elliot Spitzer. Yeah, the man had taste. This was not some third-rate backwoods possum lick Arkansas strip club hooker that he was with. No, if you're going to lose a kingdom over some pussy, that's the pussy. Aye, aye, aye. 
That was that's dime piece high grade. And I, I admire the success that he had in his life to be able to afford to pay for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Somewhere I saw some creepy to admirable, yeah. <laughs> he was never creepy to me. I'm like, yeah, I'd do that. Well, I mean, you, you are talking to <laughs> you are talking to a bunch of civil libertarians who are like, if you want to pay for pussy, you pay for it one way or the other. If you just want to exchange money and make it a clean, yeah. you know, it, it exchange. More yeah. power to you. Who am I to fucking tell you who you can or can't yeah, I'm do a, that? I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old romantic that way. <laughs> it's always seemed too transactional to me. Like, I couldn't get a bone. Well, I probably could. But, you know. Like, <laughs> That's up to her, man. <laughs> it just seemed like, eh, I don't know, where's, where's the romance? It's, just, right. it's never appealed to me no. to pay for a, a hooker. Like, well, I've never done yeah, it either. You know what's, rom- what's really romantic? Divorce court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing gets me harder than getting a summons to divorce court because her lawyer wants to. Just keep that in mind, Chris. The one thing you can do, married, that you can't or that you can't do single, is go to divorce court. <laughs> like I'm telling you, when I opened that paperwork and like, oh, her lawyer hired a forensic accountant. I need to go masturbate right now. I'm so horny right now. But no, Syria. To, 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 to go back to the real quick to the to the QAnon thing, which is it's it's a very complicated group. And like I said, if you guys want, we can get into it more next week because I really I really think Aaron needs to be here for that conversation. Because well, um, you can tell us what the hell eight chan is. I thought I knew there was a four chan. Yeah, there's an eight chan. Well, it's four chan. Brief little history here. Four chan was an anything goes anime bulletin board or discussion board that became so popular and flooded with teenagers that instead of the tech savvy hacker types for lack of a better word going there it turned into a bunch of edgy teenagers calling each other faggots and niggers online so 8chan or infinite so it's it's like facebook junior yeah so 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 Someone created 8chan or Infinite Chan, because that's what it was supposed to be. They just couldn't type in the infinity sign on its side. And that wasn't anything goes. And it pretty much still is, as long as you don't violate United States laws. And usually the laws that they will, will remove stuff based upon are child pornography laws. But I'm going to warn anyone listening who, who dips their toe into these waters, uh, be very careful don't post shit, period. Do not respond to anybody. Don't post any pictures you've taken. Don't post any pictures. Even if you save them to your hard drive from Facebook and then upload them, they can track you through that shit. And they will do it. And they live to do it. They do that shit all day long. I mean, it is not a place to go around and fuck around and start and start. Stick to Facebook is what I'm saying if you want to go in and argue with people. Because these people will ruin your fucking life. Case in point. We talked about it last week, Dan Harmon, one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. They went and found that that skit he made about uh, going back in time and raping pedophiles as babies before they grew up to be pedophiles and basically raping them and killing them. And, yeah, it's in poor taste. It's dark humor. I think it's funny. I, I Yeah, I can see the humor <laughs> in it. <laughs> That's just me. But um, they released that to the media. And the media 
ran with it for a minute. Then they kept digging, and they found either audio or audio and video of him saying the word nigger with no context, isolated it, and turned that over to the media. And there was literally post after post after post after post going, send that to the media. Because the media, the left-leaning media, will jump on racism quicker than they'll jump on anything else. God damn, we are all terrible now. And there is a, I mean, there is a lot of different ideas behind it. There are flat out, I'm talking white supremacists in, 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 involved in this. Then there's the flat earth, lizard people type folks. Jesus. Then there's the savory. There's the Pizzagate, uh, all the elites in Hollywood and and, and in politics uh, are are raping children and performing satanic rituals. All these different ideologies and and theories and conspiracy theories can come together against what they perceive as one common enemy. Yeah. That is the quote-unquote left, the progressive left. Making me reconsider reconsidering fatherhood. <laughs> Quick aside, remember I told you about that uh, conspiracy, uh, that uh, radio host, the the paranormal guy that I worked with in Denver. Art Bell. I uh, kind of like him, but he was uh, he was on opposite Art Bell back in the nineties on Paranet. Uh, he was kind of a he was down that line though, like uh, sort of Alex Jones. He filled in for Alex Jones back in the early two thousands. I told you guys the story a long time ago. Uh, what pushed me out of that? He was kind of grooming me to sort of take over the show or take over, do my own show down that line uh, about 12 years ago. He believed exactly what you were just talking about, about the elites kidnapping, raping, and sacrificing children. Oh, yeah. That was something that he was like, he was convinced of. He took us down on this. I love to tell this story. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it some other time, the long form version of it. But he threw us in his big white Bronco one day, me and his other assistant guy, drove us from Denver to Colorado Springs, found the Rockefeller compound, and we were creeping around the outside of the Rockefeller compound because he was convinced that, that there were kidnapped children being raped and sacrificed there. Mm. And, and lo and behold, of course, no, no shit. We started. We were. St- we started to be followed by like this really inconspicuous-looking sedan through. Ca- it was. It wasn't Colorado Springs. It was Castle Rock, and we were like ran out of there by this fucking car chasing us down this dirt road. Well, sure, because it it's a compound. He's got. He's got yes. private security. Yeah, but <laughs> that's not the mentality that we had that day, you see, because no, we were conspiracy minds. So we thought we had like lizard people chasing us in this fucking car <laughs> through Castle Rock, Colorado. But anyway, never mind. Is, Tony all... was earning his fifteen an hour <laughs> once. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But but get back to the point though. There are a lot of fucking people that believe that shit. Yeah, it's, that's a it's lot. Thing. This isn't this the, the when I, when the Pizzagate story broke, I kind of chuckled because I remember back in like 2000 2001 being a member of this huge musicians forum that had literally like a couple hundred thousand people that posted every single day. You can go on there 24 7, 365, and Find someone to either talk to, get into an argument with, start a flame war with, whatever the fuck. That's it was never dead. 
period, never dead. And there was these nutbags on there talking about they have video of Hillary and Bill yeah. raping and sacrificing children and et cetera, et cetera. And of course, the, you know, you, you, you say the one thing that stops these people in their tracks, then post it. And all of a sudden, every reason and excuse in the world why they couldn't. They'll kill me. You know, oh, it's on VHS. You know, <laughs> it's on Peta. <laughs> I have a laser disc. Do you have a laser disc player? I will. So, yeah, it's like, okay, so Bill Clinton and Hillary in 1999 went out and found the world's only working Betamax home <laughs> video recorder. And recorded this 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 ritual. Well, what better way to hide the evidence than on a piece of technology nobody has? Duh. <laughs> See, that's exactly the type of that is exactly the type of answer you get. And there's no bullshit right there. The truth. You remember me talking about the internal switch, the internal just just rational switch that's inside of your brain that nobody else can flip it for you. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. <laughs> you convince yourself of anything just to believe what you want to believe. Absolutely. Uh, it's terrible. But yeah, well, the, 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 the strange part about this whole thing is now this, and I don't know if this Q is supposed to be one person who's entrenched in the Trump camp who leaks info to this, to this, uh, eight or infinite Chan to the woke people on there or whatever. I don't know. Or if it's a group of people or if it's like the next evolution of anonymous, which was just a, 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 a collective of people with no figurehead, yeah. you know, writing wrongs as they saw them. But it's now starting to, you go to, you know, Trump rally. Cause I've been to a Trump rally. No, I have all my teeth. I haven't been to a Trump rally. But you you know you watch video of Trump rallies and you see people wearing Q shirts, holding up signs, you know, we are Q, we're with Q, all this shit, and it's really the Washington Post article that uh, you posted, Chris. You know, there's people wearing those Q shirts with was it YouTube or something in a minute, U Truth or something like that. I can't make it out, but. No, no, it's YouTube with the Q around it. We are Q holding up signs like that. This is now this to me for all the hand wringing and all the pearl clutching over the Nazis are coming. Fuck the Nazis. Bunch of jack booted jackasses who can't wipe their ass with two hands, a flashlight, a whole fucking roll of toilet paper and instructions. These are the people you need to worry about because these people are motivated, technologically Proficient. proficient yeah and are basically probably out of their fucking minds i mean we're talking a guy shows up at a pizza place with an automatic rifle talking about you're holding children in the basement there's no basement to the building there's, these are those type of people well it's like the sandy hook people you know the alex jones uh sandy hook was staged to take your guns away child actors you know that family that is they had to go into hiding one of these families i can't remember the family the guy's name but he had he his kid was killed there and he was he started to be attacked by these conspiracy theorists saying that he, he you know that never happened that, that he's perpetrating a lie to you know, take away the second amendment. I mean, these people are so aggressive 
and threatening that he had to take the rest. Of, I think I don't know if he had another kid or not, but he and his wife at least had to go into hiding because of it. Yeah. I forget the guy's name. I wish I could remember it, but it's, uh, I encourage, if you don't know what I'm talking about with that, just, you just do a Google on, uh, I don't know, Sandy Hook fake, and you'll, you'll find the guy's name and his story. It's, it's vile. I think he actually sued Alex Jones at some point uh, because of that. And I but think Alex Jones is suing them, ba- suing them back. Might be, yeah. For defamation of character. Right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's something See, like that, but it's this file. And here, I, 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 I made the cardinal sin. I clicked on the comments of that Washington Post article, and this third response down tells me that this is why I, I'm not hopeful for this country anymore. I, I can't even lie and say I have a sliver of... Sausage party hope. Third response down starts. A sea of white faces tells it all. (sighs) Yeah. Just because you are white doesn't mean you earn the right to the good life, especially when you chose to be ignorant, lazy, and just plain moronic. Instead, those brown faces, my angry white morons that you see around you have earned the right to the good life because they are hard workers, raise good families, (laughs) get educations, and are good citizens. Unlike you who whine about jobs that are not coming back, get drunk or doped up on opiates and spend all your free time on nutcase conspiracy websites. Yeah. So one generalization. I kind of see that. Battling principle. another generalization. But the point is, is that they, you don't understand. <sighs> the people that he's talking about are yeah. the people that don't care about recruiting you to their side. You're right. either on their side or you're their enemy. Yeah. To, to the guy who posted that, whether he wants to admit it or not, he is the flip side of that exact same coin. Absolutely. And yeah. he showed his hand. That. He showed his hand yeah. with all the white people comments. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because if 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 I watch a riot where it's ninety nine point nine percent of black people rioting, and I go in the comment section and I make a comment about the sea of black faces tells it all. Oh no! Well, yeah, that's. Don't do that. <laughs> no, my racism test. My, right. my my racism test. Can you flip the situation around and it not be racist? If the answer is no, then it's racist. Yeah. And this this only gives credence. And I hate to say this. I I hate to fucking say it, but this it gives credence to the whole white racism thing, reverse racism, racism against white people argument that you hear from the batshit right. It gives credence to it. Well, it's making a sweeping generally. It's what is race, racism? Generalization about somebody based on the color of their skin. That's racism. Yes. That is racism. Racism is not color specific. Well, it's, it's not defined as white people not liking another color. It is a, a generalization a, against a derogatory generalization made against another race, period. Saying all oh, white people wear khakis. Well, funny. Is gener- is technically a racist comment. I had cargo shorts on today, and I was proud of it. Fuck you. I'm guys. wearing khakis right now. All right. <laughs> saying that, saying that white, today. saying that all all white people think mayonnaise is spicy, and we clap <laughs> on one and three. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Miracle Whip has Miracle Whip has some tang. That's all I'm saying. Miracle and incidentally, I wore sandals with mayonnaise. socks today. What? Oh, boy. Were they it's, black socks? Yeah, they're fucking dark blue. Fuck you. 
They're oh. great. They they're, they're darn tough socks. That's the brand, and they're awesome. In fact, oh. since I mentioned it on the show, to my Were the you listening to Molly Hatchet. I had Molly Hatchet on Dreams I'll Never See. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a T-top Camaro in your vicinity? No. From the <laughs> early '80s. Oh. Have a line. I shall not. The whitest shit ever. I was gonna say, was there a was there a boxy 1980s 5.0 Mustang? Because that's that's kind of the, the the updated version of the Trans Am. Things look oh god. I, I remember that. I'm not gonna go down that road. I was gonna I was gonna comment on how everybody back in the 80s wanted a 5.0, and that I look back on that car and it makes me ashamed to have grown up in that decade. Because that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Ugly slow. Oh my god, it's an ugly piece of shit. But no, yes, both the the definition, Chris, that you gave of racism was the definition that when we were growing up and we had a vocabulary list would have been the correct answer. But you have a lot of university professional students turned professors who never set foot in the real world, who have tenure, who have worked day and night to change the definition of racism to only the race that's in power can be racist. Everybody else can be prejudiced, but you can't be racist. Because so by, plus power equals racism. So by that logic, then, when women or minorities take over the reins of power, then we can call it racism? I don't know. Are they calling it racism in South, uh, South Africa? No, they're calling it a reckoning. Ah. They're saying the white people are getting what they deserve. Right, it's like when we we liberated Iraq. <laughs> got oh, <yeah>. it. <laughs> I got it. Okay, let's 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 try to put a positive spin on this for just a second, though. Just just let's try. Let's let's try to battle the cynicism that you were talking about a moment ago, Rich. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, that this is a failed program? That this is a failed strategy on the part of the batshit left? That at some point, it's going to get to a, a point of critical mass where there's so much of this and so much of this that we reach a, 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 um, a saturation point and it doesn't matter anymore. And the pushback begins. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that is even a viable, possible alternative future that we're looking at? Yes, in the aspect of everybody I talk to who is very liberal, either fall into one of two camps very neatly. And it's scary. And it's either the identity politics, crazy, far-left shit, or the, no, no, those are the those are the triggered snowflake left. Oh, Jesus. Those people are a fucking joke. Yeah. Okay. Renounce people, them then. Yeah. Exactly. This is what's happening. You were absolutely right. The Tea Party split the Republican Party enough to open the door for someone like Trump to come in because the Republican Party no longer exists. It's now the party of Trump. Right. These people are doing the exact same thing on the far left to the to Democratic Party, and they're just waiting for their demigod to fucking show up. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's going on. They're following the Tea Party playbook. From eight years ago, it's 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 almost identical, man. And I'm I'm going to say the same thing to you, sensible liberals out there, you sensible lefties, you Democrats, you traditional Democrats who haven't gotten swept away into the radicalized tide 
as of yet. I'm going to say the same fucking thing I said to the Republicans at the outset of teabaggery eight, nine years ago. Renounce them. They speak for you. They are speaking for you. Whether you like it or not, whether you think they're just the bad shit fringe or not, they represent you now until you denounce them. Don't make the mistake that the Republicans made with the Tea Party. Get them out of your ranks. Force them out. Make them go form their own fringe party. And let me also add to that warning. This isn't two, This isn't 2016. We need to stop with this. Oh, that's not real outrage. That's Twitter, Facebook, whatever outrage. No, the media, because what, for whatever reason, whether it's because it's what we want, so they're just giving us what we want, or it's because it's going to make you more pissed off, so you'll watch more, you'll post on their websites more. The media has decided if Twitter reacts some way, that means that's the way the country's reacting. And if, it's, if they're going to act as if, then you better be prepared to understand that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with people who aren't going out and talking to the man on the street. Chris, you're absolutely right. You go to the middle of the country. You see the people, talk to them, deal with them. Most of these people don't. They, they get the, they get, they, 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 they the, the social temperature not by flicking their finger and sticking it in the air, but by going to fucking social media Right. And Check seeing in. what's trending. See, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. what passes for getting a man on the street interview these days. Yeah, it, it, it's it's mob rule. It is mob rule. That's what Twitter is. It's the mob. It's it's Twitter. It's Facebook. It's everything now. It's beyond. I mean, it's I, I've been talking about the group mind and this. Uh, uh, what's his name? Gustav Lebon book that I read a couple of years ago. I've been talking for at least two years now. And it's taken over. Crowds are dumb, inherently dumb. The mob is dumb. It takes on the the, the characteristics of its most ignorant members. It there has is a to. TV, there's a TV show called The Wisdom of the Crowd, and I want to laugh my balls off every time I, I hear will the name break of it. I a fucking television if I ever see the ad for that. I swear <laughs> to fucking God, I have a history. I'll do well, it. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Piven's in it, too, so that it might help, you know. That's like saying the joys of sight. Say it might quicken the, yeah, 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 exactly. Crowds are dumb. They are. I mean, it's not. This isn't. This, uh, God damn it. This isn't. This isn't just me ranting and raving. They've done studies on this shit all the way back to Freud. Crowds are dumb. This is how people. This is how doctors in Nazi Germany do experiments on children at concentration camps. Go home, have dinner with their wife and children, and think they're good people. It's mob. It's a mob mentality. You turn yourself into a fucking zombie. You turn yourself into into just an an autonomous. I can't think of it. I can't say it. I'm I'm too frustrated. <laughs> but you turn yourself into a fucking robot. And you, you acquire the characteristics of the mob yourself. You, you lose yourself faculties. You can't think for yourself. You just react to what's going on around you. It's villagers coming for Frankenstein. Yes. Or, or it's like the Simpsons back in the day. It's a lynch the mob. mob would always end up with pitchforks and yes. torches. Yes. It's a, it's a lynch mob in the 1890s. It's, it's, now, it's, virtual. It's, it's, it's Wyatt Earp. You know, when you've he, seen the movie Wyatt Earp and Kevin Costner comes out and faces the mob, same fucking thing. This you know, is the, the one. Good. The one thing I have to give Clarence Thomas 
is he coined a phrase well before its time, but it fits Long so perfectly. Well. No, that no, that was a that was a that was a porn star with uh, a lot of melanin back in the seventies <laughs> and a whole lot of dick. Uh, no, uh, he called it what was going on. Now I didn't agree with him, but the term is is apt these days. It's a technological lynch mob. Yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. We have the rule of law that decides whether you go to prison or you remain free. Then we have the rule of social media that decides whether you're ostracized from the pack, basically excommunicated from the human race for X amount of time. And once you've done your penance and you've proven yourself to be, you know, penitent enough to come back, they let you back. Case in point, they just reinstated after three years Hulk Hogan into the WWE (laughs) Hall of Fame. Why was he taken out? Because he said the N-word on a videotape, and it came out three years ago. Let me ask you a question. What has he done? What has happened in the last three years so now he can come back? Oh, that's right. It's fallen out of our our, the front of our minds. And he kept kept his nose clean for three years. how How do we get Kramer back on TV then? Uh, reruns. I saw him tonight on Seinfeld. <laughs> I saw the Keith Hernandez episode tonight on Seinfeld. Well, I mean, that's that's, yeah. but that's that's exactly. I, you know, I was sure. talking to a friend a few months ago, and she goes, "Yeah, I was flipping through the channels, and there was a Woody Allen movie on, and I watched it, and I'm like, so." She goes, "Hey, but he's a fucking child molester, and he's this, and he's this, and he's this." That's first of all, it's on broadcast TV, so. You didn't pay to see it. Right. Second of all, okay, even if he is all those things, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what about everyone else that worked on his movies to get back end on that? They don't get it. So they, they, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have the opportunity to get a check and, and feed their families well, because he fucked his, his stepdaughter? Well, this this is this goes back. I think I think it's the Jordan Peterson book again, and it what it what it boils down to is I've mentioned this in another episode. I'm not sure if you were on this one, Chris. I think you were, uh, where it's it's the equivalent of scrubbing history, purging people, purging people from history, burning books. In other words, Woody Allen doesn't exist now. Everything that he ever did suddenly has to be taken out of circulation, cannot be watched, cannot be put in front of any eyeballs because of said crime. So you're purging him from the humanity's record. That's the attitude that, that people are taking, right? And when can we see Louis C.K. do stand-up again? He's been purged. Ne- He's Netflix. been scrubbed. He's been scrubbed. Right now? Not, well, don't let any of your liberal friends see that, because then you'll be deemed you know, ideologically, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, undependable, unreliable. I will say this. I've I listen to Joe Rogan not re- religiously. I don't listen to every episode, but the ones that catch my interest, I do listen to. And there is a huge groundswell of support for Louis C.K. based on the fact that if you go and you read the accounts and you read the stories that were told, he never just whipped his dick out and started jerking off in front of these chicks. He always asked if he could, and they said yes. Most likely because they didn't think he was serious. And so you have... Like it, sounds like, it sounds like a bad uh, bad episode of some show, man. It sounds like Doesn't a bad it? episode of Married with Children. It's, you know, like Bud, he, Bud starts jerking off <laughs> in front of his date or something. You know what I mean? But it sounds I mean, ridiculous. 
that's as fucked up as this sounds. Show me the crime. There isn't one. I also, I also tried to bring up to Mandy because she wasn't a fan even before this because she heard all the stories of him being shitty to female comics. But I told her it, she did at least cop to this. Like he, he's the only guy in this whole thing that's actually come out and been like, "Yep, I did it." Sorry. You know what his statement should have said? I'm a freak who likes to jerk off in front of women I find hot. They some of y'all, I, some of y'all dress, <laughs> yeah, some of y'all dress up in 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 in, in uh, mascot outfits and fuck each other. Some of y'all dress up in in latex and beat the shit out of each other. And as long as it's through with consenting adults, it's really none of your fucking business. Yeah. Period. Now, does the man have some issues? Fuck yes, he does. Show me a good comedian that doesn't. We've had this discussion. I don't know many good comedians that had good childhoods. I don't know many good comedians who are all there. No, they're all damaged somehow. Exactly. It's almost a prerequisite to become a comedian, to need the the, the laughter, because it's filling a void that something else isn't filled. It isn't filled by something else. Right. I get that because I'm a funny guy. I didn't develop a personality because I look like Brad Pitt. If I was 6'2", 180 pounds of chiseled muscle with an 8-inch cock... Is that, why I'm not, is that why I'm not funny? No! <laughs> I, mean, I know. I, I served that one as a batting practice fastball. Yeah, yeah. Out, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I only put it in the right center field gap, though. I didn't quite hit the stands <laughs> with it. <laughs> But no, seriously, I, you wouldn't. I, one, I wouldn't be doing this show because you guys would have never met me. Yeah. Because I'd have been, I'd have been slinging dick and being an asshole and too busy being pretty. That's just all there is to it. And having no personality. Exactly. I, you could step in puddles that would have been deeper than me. And you know, I have, I have friends who fit that to a T. Who are those guys? Who are professional dick slingers? Who have. Nothing deeper to them than let's go to the bar, let's get some coke, and let's fuck some bitches. And they're great. To, they're great to hang out and party with. They're absolutely useless to have a discussion with. That was me about twenty years ago. You remember me, Chris? We went to that that bar in uh, my hometown. That was pretty much yeah. me then. Did we ever have conversations like this twenty years ago? Todd making me drive to you know an hour and a half away at three in the morning. Yeah, to go, go on a beaver hunt. Good times. Yeah, yeah. No, there's the, you're making. So I can hang out in her living room while you get blown. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you just yeah. walk in and be like, huh? Eh? Yeah. What? <laughs> What's wrong with that? At least one of us is getting blown. Come on. Oh, what you could do is put out a record, put it out on Lacey Susan, and play musical body cavities. When the song stops, you spin oh, her around. No, there are stories I could tell you about Inagata DeVita, the live version of Freebird in that <laughs> studio. Yeah. I won't do it here. <laughs> but yeah. But you, you I mean you make a really interesting point because I was I was I was shallow as shit. I mean I I was I was kind of, you know, I had little private thoughts you know i would ponder things but back then yeah i didn't give a shit about much until i started approaching 40 for probably for that exact reason and why it was getting a little bit more difficult to just go to the bar and not give a fuck about anything now, huh so now you have the internet so, so that yeah. wouldn't be a thing 
I don't know. You, 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 you're dead on about that. The one, one thing I, I think we're, we're, we're getting kind of, where are we at on the time? The average age that, oh, we're, we're fine on good. Okay. Good. Uh, by the way, I heard the average age the other day that met, uh, women are looking for men on Tinder's 48. So, Todd, I mean. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, sure that's the Michigan Tinder field is ripe to be picked at this Here's point. Here's the problem, though, Todd. Here's the problem, though. <laughs> yeah. 80% of women on Tinder swipe left, which is basically saying, no, thank you. Yeah. 60% of men swipe right. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta beat some pretty fucking good odds to even. I remember. Some, well, with the six foot two chiseled muscles and uh, eight inch cock in my in my Tinder profile, I should be doing okay. I would think at this point. <laughs> I remember being baffled on Twitter, <laughs> running into chicks like, "Well, I'm looking for a relationship." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm or I'm sorry, on Tinder, I'm like, I'd be like, oh. "You're on Tinder? Like what? Really? Like that's not what this is for." Good. Go to Jew, you and you and the Jew or whatever the fuck that one website is. I mean, that's you where you. Jew? Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> isn't that what it's called? You the Jew? It's J- it now. Oh, it's <laughs> JJ. There's Jesus another one. Christ. Did you? <laughs> Sorry. You're gonna be like, all of a sudden, you're gonna be like, ISIS, Washington, Jordan, shower, shower. At least I didn't call it the oven. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Let's take the call vagina, right? You know, if I ever get famous, I think I have my uh, purging moment right there. Um, <laughs> there's another one out there. Have you seen the one for rednecks? I can't. I cannot remember for the farmers life. only. What? It's somepeoplemeet.com. It's something really it's fucked up. It's like eight. Oh, it's I cannot remember I'm what the you, hell farm, it is. It's called it's called farmersonly.com because they can't call it whitepeoplemeet.com. Is that literally what it is? Because it might be. It's it's something really just blatantly just backwards. You can have black people meet, but you can't have white people meet. So it's called farmers only. I'm telling you, that's cousin, that's my working theory. It's cousinfuck.me. <laughs> NASCARfansmeet.com. <laughs> Earl's got like 15 different profiles. <laughs> oh, that's horrible to say. <laughs> Okay, we have gone off fucking rails here. I'm sorry, I started this with the oven crack, and I apologize to every listener out there for what's about to come. But uh, no, well, I. But you got to watch out for this. This is now. This is this is the beauty of knowing a lot of younger people who like use this like Tinder and shit. There is a phenomena out there of women who will swipe right, start talking to a guy. And then tell them, you know, I can't meet up tonight, but, you know, I'm really hungry. So could you, like, call a pizza place, <laughs> place an order for me? Who the fuck falls for this? Oh, no. That would it, be my answer. Who it falls happens. for this? It happens. I, if you're out there, kill yourself. It's okay. Get yourself out the gene pool. If you're that dumb... Please, we talk a lot about how stupid people are and how bad it is these days. You are part of the fucking problem. Let me let me tell you, there is a. I will buy you the food if you come pick it up for me and give me a hand job. Yeah, it'll be on my kitchen table. I'll keep it warm for you. Ejaculate, is... take your pizza, leave. That's how this is going to go. There's a regular customer who is a very good-looking woman 
who's very young, and she probably two, three, maybe sometimes four times a month will get a delivery. And it's always from a different man calling in with a different credit card. And everything's taken care of. Tip and everything. She never sees the bill. They even say that. They go, don't don't give her a copy of the receipt. Just go ahead and give her the food. I mean, she has got it down to a sign. See, and, and we sit here and we try to defend the male sex. You're making it very difficult for me to do that now. The power of pussy compels some people, man. Good boy. That's I think I think honestly, that's why you have a lot of hardcore feminists who make friends with gay people because a gay man scares the shit out of them because they have no control or power over them. So it's like if I make them my friend, you know, then it, it's then I'm safe because I, it, it, it's amazing. There are, I'm not saying the majority, but ladies listening, you know this to be true. You have friends that are like this. There are a number of women in this planet who, if they can't control you with some pussy, have no use for it, period. Right. That's the story. And there are guys who are so fucking desperate that it makes, I cringe for them. Like, I'm like, dude, just fuck your man card. Hand your dick and balls over. Okay. Yeah, if you're gonna pay for it, get it guaranteed. It's about being it's about being able to have it have it given to you though, isn't it? Having somebody that wants to give it to you, no matter what it is, no matter how you have to degrade and defile yourself in order to get someone to give it to you so you don't have to feel the shame of being forced to pay for it. Or download something on you porn. Now, That's what it boils down to. Now the flip side is I know a guy who uses it. He uses Tinder quite a bit, and he's one of these guys who just seems wherever he goes, cocaine appears. And (laughs) the pictures... Oh, he's a snowman? Yeah, pretty much. He's a frosty the snowman. That's what I should start calling the fucker. He's always got a red nose. Uh, (laughs) That's Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, it's Rudolph, the the cokehead reindeer, I forgot. Call him Rudy. Yeah. Rudolfo. <laughs> but no, and it, I, I've seen, he's shown me pictures, he's told me stories, he's shown me text, and I'm like, oh, Doug Stanhope was right. The reason cocaine's illegal is because it makes getting pussy too easy. Because there are women out there that you throw down a big fat gack of a line, and they're going to be slobbing your knob right after they're done with it. Just not a care in the world. And I'm just like, if that's how you want to live your life, man. Seems to me you're scumbag, but uh, whatever. It's better than like four divorces. I'm just saying, to me, that's just, you're setting yourself up for a fucking, but your honor moment, you know, looking at a long oh, 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 no. You know, some Bill Cosby type shit. He gave me coke and I didn't know it. That's all what? I got to say. Oh, I thought you meant more like she said she was 18. That, there's that, there's the date rape, there's the he drugged me, there's, you are opening yourself up to an entire world of pain because nothing good is going to come from that, especially these days. We've had these conversations, an accusation to a large portion of this country anymore is just as good as a conviction. Yeah, need that love contract. 
I, I wish you guys, I wish I could compel you. I'll send you the fucking book. I swear to fucking God, I will send you the PDF file. You can put it on a Kindle. You can put it on your phone. You can read it on your computer, on your laptop while you're taking a shit. If you would read on Liberty, I would I would rejoice for weeks on end. You sent me the link, and I read lost it. it. Just resend me the link, because you sent me the link to read it online. You just got to find it again. Yeah. Everything I find, they want me to download some bullshit, and I'm like, no, I like my computer. I'm it's good. It's very libertarian-leaning, but it was considered very liberal, you know, 150 or 130 years ago, whenever it was written. But it's a, it's about rejecting mob rule and having the sanctity and, and the appreciation for the minority, keeping the minority's rights intact in the face of mob rule. It's what about individualism. Is that where the quote, there's no bigger minority than the individual, comes from? I don't know. I didn't get it. I, I don't remember reading that. I didn't quite, <laughs> I didn't actually finish it myself. But I didn't need to. I got through about uh, 60% of it. And it is really the foundation of what we are as a country, what everything's founded on. And what if the other 40% sucks? Well, then I'll let you know because <laughs> you'll never read it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it goes back to what we were talking about. I, I, I think that I, I want to go back to this because the, 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 the tyranny of the mob, the tyranny of the majority, that's where I think, the, I think that did come out of this book, or at least it was based on the, that quote at some point, is, is a real thing. You know, people like to conflate the tyranny of the majority with democracy, and it's not the same thing. It's mob rule. Direct democracy literally is mob rule. It's why we don't have direct democracy. That's why we have a representative government, right? Because the, the mob rule is not an appealing thing. You can go back to Rome. You look at Roman history, and at some point, the mob started to have to be taken into account. It had to be accounted for. You didn't want the raging mob in the streets at some point. In a lot of ways, a lot of people think that's what led to a lot of the corruption, and the downfall of Rome. We talked about it during the election. If we had our tr a true direct democracy, L.A. and New York would just make all the decisions all the time. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> Trump lost the, the, the popular vote uh, by 3 million people. And how many, what percentage of the country voted? Less than 50. Right. Yeah. So that's really, a, a, it's, it's an in. It's an inf insignificant percentage of people, really. Statistically, it's almost insignificant. Three million people out of 350 million people? Three? Three out of 350? That's really not statistically significant. So you don't know that. If you actually had everybody voting, you had compulsory elections where everybody had to get out, like they have to buy fucking health insurance, had to go vote for their leadership. I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that Detroit and L.A. would would dominate um, the electorate. But the one thing we have to be really, really cognizant of is is this descent into mob rule. And that's one thing that the Internet has, has provided us. It's provided the technological means to congregate into a mob without having to physically congregate into a mob. And we haven't figured that out. We haven't figured out how to check that. We haven't figured out how to really combat it. And uh, it's 
kind of terrifying. And that's the the flip side of that is it leads to that question that I was asking before. You know, at some point, is there going to become a saturation where we're just sick of this? And institutions are going to start rejecting it, where people are going to start rejecting it. We're not paying attention to these posts coming from Infinite Chan. I you think know, that's the only, also, bit, only thing I can grab onto. To also answer your question, I think I think a lot of this is driven by the fact that you have a lot of kids and young people tend to be idealistic, but it's an idealism built on how the how they think, feel the world should be versus the reality of the world. Utopia, right? It's 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 built on hardly any real world experience, and it's mostly built on feelings of that's not fair. Right. So let's make it fair. And the problem is they go to colleges. Colleges are, are there to make a profit. They know who the people, the majority of people walking through their doors are. It's going to have to be, you know, like when I hear stories about how, how Gen Z or whatever, the, the generation after the millennials are the most conservative generation since the World War II generation. Well, if that's the truth, then you'll start seeing the shift away from this shit because uh-huh. colleges aren't going to watch their enrollments go through the floor. They're going to pander to them to get them in there to get that money. Right. Especially when we have a system set up with the government guaranteeing the money to the colleges and it doesn't matter that you'll be paying to the day you die. Yeah. They're going to get their money back with interest. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. You have that. Well, there's another, there's another point that I, I mentioned in, in one of my, uh, my solo podcasts that, you know, we never have, um, again, it's getting, we've been at this for a few hours. I'm starting to slow down a little bit, so bear with me. But we um, have gotten to the point where we're divided, right, pretty much down the middle. And we haven't figured out, as Jordan Peterson pointed out on Bill Maher, and that's where I was going, how we're going to live with each other, how we can get to the point where we can compromise. And we're starting to take up ideological arms against each other, right? And if you reject the individual, if you reject the right of the individual to be as you wish he wasn't, eventually you're going to have to put him in a cage. You're going to have to tyrannize on him, over him, in order to get him to conform to your utopian heavenly society. It has to come to that point. You have to subjugate the undesirables, the deplorables, at some point. And then it turns to, uh, to Nietzsche, or however you say his name, you know, be careful fighting monsters, lest you yourself become a monster. And that may be the point where, you get, where we get to that position where they start actually trying to enforce these sort of behavioral, moral codes on people where you start to see... Maybe a sort of a backlash, but that that's not that's not even a hopeful scenario in and of itself. I don't know. Well, I it's it's it uh, honestly I just like I said, the hope is gone. I just the only hope I have at this point is that I'm so far from being a, a mover and shaker in yeah. life that it's just I just the shit's gonna roll down and hit a bunch of people before it hits me. So hopefully they soak up most of the nastiness <laughs> because it's, yeah, I, kind of, I kind of feel like that black comedian that said, Oh, we were in a recession in the late two thousands. Black people didn't know because we're used to being poor. 
Right. And I mean, I, I get, I get he's a comedian and he's playing the white people do this, black people do this for last. But the truth is I didn't feel it. I was still just as poor as I was when the country was doing well. Yeah. You know, my, my, the only thing that happened is, and it was due to my divorce was I lost my place to stay for a few years. I literally couch surfed, <laughs> but I mean, that can happen at any fucking moment for me. That's the price I pay to not tap dance for people in life. You want, you want it, you want to live life on your terms, then you have to be prepared for the consequences of that decision. And I walked into this with my eyes wide open of all the things I'm mad about that I've been lied to about. This wasn't one of them. Yeah. I, 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 I love putting a match to a bridge and I, I refuse to tap dance. And that comes with a price. I, so, I mean, why do I care? What, what hope is there for me? Just let me live my life in relative peace until I drop dead of a heart attack or a stroke. Well, that's the philosophy, though. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how everybody should be treated. You know, not just you, but just because somebody doesn't agree with how you think heaven on earth should be and how your utopian formula, the, 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 <laughs> the ridiculous calculus you put down on a piece of paper, is going to come together just because they don't agree you shouldn't be you shouldn't be compelled to force somebody into that box and that's the that's the evil of where we're headed we've been here before man the world has been here before god i feel like i'm repeating myself from last week or two weeks ago you know it's it's we've seen how this goes you are not factoring in human nature and how people will choose to do something even against their own best interest to exercise their individualism and their right to do it. Well, then there's also, there's also just the plain universal fact of human nature. The more you tell someone they can't do something, the more they want to do it. That's what and I mean. That's exactly yep. what I mean. Yeah. The, the more we tell people that you can't tell an off-color joke, you can't tell a sexist joke, in public because you'll be shamed and you'll be scorned for it. it. It's the quicker they can't wait. Well, they don't even have to wait to go home now. They just go into the next room, pull out their phone and tweet it out. Right. Log into one of their burner accounts and start a flame war. Calling everybody everything but a white male child of God. They don't yeah. give a shit. That's, right. I think that's one of the reasons we have this. Can't do this. Can't say this. Can't joke about this. Can't do this. Can't. It's going to come out one way or the other. And the internet's given us the most chicken shit way to go about getting it out. At least, at least back in the, back in the day in the eighties when dinosaurs roamed the world, it <laughs> took guys with balls to get up and say the shit they said. Guys like Sam Kennison, guys like Bill Hicks, guys like even to an extent, whether you really like his comedy or not, guys like Andrew Dice Clay, David Duke, out there and David Duke went and did yeah. <laughs> Some of the speeches he gave in the 80s? Come on. It took balls. He had to get in front of people and do it. I mean, it, just oh, because... Okay, okay, agree- yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you. I, I, thought, I literally thought you were saying he did stand-up. I'm like, oh, I don't no, know if no, I want no, to see no. that or not. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about just stand-up realm. I mean, you actually... Rather, you He's know, like, you white have- guys do this, black guys do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you had some wild yeah. shit you had to say back in the 80s, I mean, even the political realm, you couldn't just take to Twitter... You, you couldn't be the president sitting in the White House on the shitter, tweeting shit out. You had to typically get up in front of people and say it. Exactly. Put yourself out there. 
Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as Kinnison. It's the same thing as Hicks. I mean, he took the it misguided as it was. You know, let me be clear about that. It took the same kind of courage to stand up and speak what you believed if it went against the grain. I mean, it's just I, it, that is the crux of the problem in my mind of where do we start? Because we are, the horses are done gone. The barn's burned down. There's no, stop saying we need to get the horses back in the barn. There is no barn anymore. Okay? The, the, they couldn't pay their, 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 they couldn't pay their fucking taxes. The farm got foreclosed on. The IRS has it up for fucking auction. The problem, we are now two generations going on three deep into this to where this has become the norm. To where I, yeah, I can't go to work and tell a Pollock joke, but I can get online and say whatever the fuck I want and hide behind a, a different screen name, a different avatar. And reach more people. Exactly. And and almost guarantee, depending on what platform I use to, to, to say what I want to say, the outrage that I'm the and, and the anger I'm looking to get. See, that's the thing. Like, I think people forget, and I think a lot of younger people just don't understand this concept. Before the internet, you had to be an asshole and you had to be willing to back it up. You couldn't anonymously be an asshole. Yeah, you had to risk getting punched in the face. Yep. Yeah, it's taken for granted now. You know, I run into this all the time with younger people, and I'm like, I'm like, who are you talking shit to? Who are you? Po- who's this? You know, who's this person you tags in your post? You went off on this fucking rant, and I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, and I'm gonna beat the shit out of you and your dog and everything. Ah, like, oh, some bitch that you know, blah blah blah, I went to school with. And I'm like, would you ever say that to their face? No. And you're a chicken shit. Well, why would I say it's in her face? They could beat me up or something. Exactly. That's why you're a Duh! chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I just look at him and go, two plus two, powerful erection. How are you not getting this? I don't understand. Yeah. And it's just because they can't comprehend the world we grew up in where, you know, it, when I hear about cyberbullying, <laughs> and it's, it, this is this is one of the things that, that Aaron Dude, and I got. Aaron out, and, motherfucker. This is one of the things you missed it, Chris. Aaron and I had a pretty good back and forth last week. It's one of the things I just couldn't get through to him. It's like, it's cyberbullying. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Are you serious? Delete. Delete. Delete your account. But that's the thing. It's not just, I can't just delete my account. I have to delete my account and then go, well, I was bullied so hard I had no choice. Yeah, you did. Block them and move the fuck on. Yeah. There's Learn nothing. Block what the delete button is. There is <laughs> nothing said online that I don't that I have not said online today that I haven't heard from dozens of people who decided for whatever reasons or one person with a dozen accounts. Let's be fair. I don't know. It could have been either. That just wanted to. I'm gonna pile on rich. I'm gonna go after him. Kill yourself. Man, when I fucking when my dad died, I had people on that that musicians forum I was talking about earlier. Well, I'm glad your dad's fucking dead. He's probably a faggot and he's sucking dicks in hell and blah 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 blah. And I didn't even get upset because you ain't got the balls to say that shit to my face. So why do I care? I, I, I it, it took me three four months to learn that lesson online. Now the first time I ran across it, oh I was pissed. 
I was, I was, I got up and I was like pacing in my apartment. Like, I'm, oh, I'm going to find this motherfucker. Oh, I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill him. And then it hit me. No, you're not. Because he's a chicken shit somewhere hiding behind a computer screen. He don't want none of you. In fact, it's not even about me. It's just about getting a reaction. And showing off to other people, too. Exactly. Yeah. Look how badass I am. Yeah. I can both. Like, and here's the, here is the ultimate thing. For If you delete your account and announce that you deleted it because people were trolling you, you have handed them. Before the online avatars, right? A lot of these guys don't. I mean, I don't know that a lot of these younger people can even comprehend a world without social media or comment sections or however you want to phrase it and, and, and frame it. I don't know that they can do that. I don't know that that is even in their DNA to be able to go through that act of deleting their online existence. No, it's not. And I can tell you why. It's, and it's not just limited to the younger people like in their twenties, it's the people who fully gave in to the, uh, to the matrix. It's, it, and the reason I say that is because look at all this shit. People are digging up from people's old profiles. There's, there's, <laughs> there's literally a, 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 an opinion piece. I read that said, if you haven't already, and you're worried about people digging up your social media, for the love of God, go back to MySpace and make sure your MySpace account's deleted. Anything you can find, go on these sites that take that, that periodically take snapshots of the internet, and they've done it for decades now. And yeah, yeah, get yeah. that shit off of there, because if you can find it with a simple Google search, so can someone else. Yeah. And these people know the internet like the back of the. You play in the you play in on the internet. These people live there. Yeah, you know, they're a visitor. They're they're a tenant. You know? I I do tend to toot my horn every now and then. Not sure if you guys have noticed that or not, but I, I have uh, used. I've never used my real name online. I periodically search my given name, my legal name, <laughs> and there's nothing there after like 2004. And that's like an old baseball box score when I played a summer league baseball thing in Denver. And there's some shit from like 1992, an old address. The house isn't even there anymore. <laughs> but um, I've always used like my radio name or I've always used like uh, just some sort of a pseudonym online. And I'm so thankful that I did. And I had multiple Facebook profiles uh, that are deactivated. Facebook deactivated them, actually, because I didn't use my real name. Somebody reported me, and they deactivated it. So there's no, nothing there to be found all the way back to the beginning of Facebook except for what I have up right now. And I'm so fucking glad I did that because you, you're, you're going to be chasing a ghost. There's nothing I there. Set, for what it's worth, I set my Twitter account to private before I nuked it. But, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but you didn't really have anything on there, though. Your, your Twitter account's always been pretty mundane, right? Here's, here's, but, but it's, it's like we said last week. Depends on your politics. We're, <laughs> we're below the radar. Fair enough. We're flying under radar for the most part. Right, right. That's why we can do what we do. And, you know, by the way, Chris, we, we, we gave our listeners, anybody who listened to us as a hate listen, we gave them a way to fire us. We said, oh. you contact Chris. At ChristopherMedia.net, you offer him $10 million for the network. He takes it. 
you now become single CEO owner, and you fire us. Uh, You fired the fuck out of us. (laughs) 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 And then, oh, yeah, we're fired. Then we'll start up our new network the very next day. Exactly. <laughs> sort of a <laughs> Todzilla Media dot net. Yeah, exactly. Todzilla News. Yeah. <laughs> Zilla News. Yeah, Coming yeah. at you. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. Breaking news. Rich is ranting in the corner over there. Let's cut to. Yeah, whatever. I <laughs> Wait a minute. He's not ranting. He's hunched over masturbating. Never mind. <laughs> Sometimes you can't tell the difference. Sometimes he does these things simultaneously. He's a man of many talents. Who says men can't multitask? (laughs) Yeah. All right, we got to wrap it up though. We're at like we're we're at like three fifty, and I know a lot of it was like twenty thirty minutes was intro, but we're now at like close to three and a half hours of actual show. (laughs) Oh wow! Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling my tank draining. Yeah. But yeah, you know it's 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 just you talk about just to kind of put a a, a semi serious wrap on this. I mean, you talk about where to go and and whether or not the the horses are out of the barn. However, you want to look at it. I mean, the only solution, as I keep saying, is that we've got to tether ourselves. We've got to start seeing ourselves as common brothers, I guess, for lack of a better a better cliche, as far as um, who we are as a country instead of adversaries and find something bigger to, to, you know, to lean on as a commonality rather than this sort of micro identity. That's just ripping us to shreds. We've got to find a tethering to facts and find a source for it and start demanding it. so we're not so easily manipulated. And, you know, I, I say that and it's, it sounds like, you know, this utopian of my own, I suppose. And I'm not optimistic that we're ever going to get there. I think it's going to come to the point where we're going to rip the fabric enough to where our ass is going to start falling out before we even decide to start addressing it. Man, I'm starting to realize, God damn it, Rich. I'm starting to see more and more uh, Earl's mindset for Trump. Like maybe this is the beginning of, well, fuck it, tear it all down and let's start over. Well, yeah. I mean- it's not going the way they thought it would. <laughs> they were when tearing you have, ourselves down, it's not tearing it down. It's, it, we're tearing ourselves down. I mean, the, the, when you have something that's not sustainable, that isn't that isn't beneficial to the people that supposedly it was created by and for. I mean, what do you expect? I I never, and I've gotten yelled at by plenty of my super liberal friends for this. I've never not understood why someone voted for Trump if that was their reason. I, I was like, I totally get that. But at the same time, I just don't have faith in this fucking orange jackass. He's not the one. No. Okay. I, I, it's just, that's all there is to it. He's just, he's not the right one. He's just right now. That's it. You think you're doing something. You're yeah, what's ter- but what's terrifying, though, is that, as we've said no, uh, multiple times, and you said it earlier tonight, is that, He's turned into the demagogue. He's turned into half of the Republican system, uh, the, the political system here now. Have you yeah. seen the Have you seen the political ads here in Michigan? Yeah, they've been Do fun. You, have you noticed how each and every Republican candidate, except for one that I've seen, I, I do not remember this guy's name. I'll probably vote for him. 
<laughs> whatever his name is. But each and every, all the other ones have Trump's dick so far down their throat. It's like, it's like their whole a, a political slogan is, I suck Trump's dick better than this guy does. But the other ads have been all, have all been anti-Trump. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, Trump is an issue in elections he's not even part of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but I, that's, ta- that's talent. You can say whatever you want about the political apparatus. Okay? Political parties, pollsters, are, are paid a lot of money to understand the political landscape and how to craft political ads. If you think that this fall is going to be a negative referendum on Donald Trump, you need to watch the Republican Party ads in this state. They are not running from him. They are shoving that big orange dick right down their throats. They are afraid of being disassociated with Donald Trump. With this bad blonde Merkin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it really. If, if, if think about this, I, I don't remember when it was. It might have been 2012. <clears throat> but I do know that John McCain avoided. No, it wasn't 2012. It was 2008. I think John McCain avoided George Bush like the plague. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Because yeah, same, was, with, same with Al Gore and Clinton. He was politically toxic, right? You're not seeing that at all. You're seeing just the opposite. They are just not only with the big orange cock down their throat, they have their middle fingers up as orange asshole. I heard the other day he has the biggest approval rating among Republicans Ever. At this point in his term, yeah. It's like 89%. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Something. It's like George Bush's approval ratings after, after Afghanistan. So, uh, it, it's mind-numbing. I, I don't understand the logic. I don't understand how people can, how, how, how the supposed alternative to all this thinks that they're going to ride a big, white horse into the election this fall and and deliver us from Donald Trump. With what message? So waiting on that message. You know, the the one message I see, Shri Tanadar, I can't elections speak very well. Months. What's that? Elections, the elections yeah. in three months. Yeah, what's, what's Shri Tanadar? He's, he's, uh, a, he's a fucking, uh, he's a caricature. He's like a, he's like a Simpsons character. I don't speak very well, but I give you health care. And little children say, who the fuck is saying, what little kid is saying, you're shree. What kind of fucking parent does that kid have? If he know, if, if this little kid knows your name and wants to go up and hug you, come on. I'll, I'll say this. The Democrats are putting a whole lot of eggs in the diversity basket. Yo, oh, yeah. It, it, let's say what it is, in the not white guy basket. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, and it's 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 going to be a all or nothing proposition outside of places like Ann New Ar- York. Yeah. Yes, outside of liberal hotbeds. Yeah. And you can't, whether we like this fact or not, Trump has drugged this country farther to the right in two in in not even two full years than Bush did in two terms, and. To go farther left to try to combat it is going to turn a lot of people off because they're going to go, wait a minute, I don't like Trump's brand of extremism. Why would I like yours? People know the scent of communism. 
people understand the scent of communism, even if you're not calling it that, even if you're not quite there, they're starting to get a whiff of it. Hey, you know what? I'll be the first to admit this, Todd. This is when I first started on this show. I used to call myself the token half-assed communist on this show until I went digging because I got tired of being attacked with. It's never worked. Right. You have to show me where it's worked. And I've always been the type of person who's very pragmatic and show me. Don't tell me about the labor. Show me the baby. Show me where it works. And outside of very small, select, perfect, like Goldilocks zones that America is not in, I've never even seen it come close to working. In fact, it's been such spectacular. It's been such a spectacular failure. It has a higher body count than all of World War One and World War Two combined. All right. Yeah. I mean, that is, and that's just in a hundred-year period. Yeah. That, that's and that's just the ones we know about. Right. <clears throat> that's not including all the all the the collateral damage that it did, and right. was still doing in some countries. So yeah. I've 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 had to be like begrudgingly go it can't work in this country and until someone can show me how it works i don't want to hear about it no more even it's, adding it's a fairy tale it's a fairy tale adding that chemical component to this sort of concoction that we put together over the last 250 years is combustible it's the antithesis the the direct antithesis of what this country is and is supposed to be it's directly diametrically opposed to what this country is, even whether you agree with it, whether you think it's bullshit or not, a fabrication, whatever. It's diametrically opposed to the American narrative. It cannot, I mean, it, it, the only thing that can happen by introducing that cocktail into this blender is combustion. It's the only thing. And one other point when you say that Donald Trump has taken this country further to the right than George Bush, that may be, but the Democrats and the far-left fringe got right behind that truck and gave it a push. Oh, absolutely. Inadvertently. They didn't realize they were doing it. They thought they were pushing the other way, but they weren't. No, they, they, they through their bullshit and their nonsense, and they're ignoring the bullet wound and bitching about, you know, wanting to put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound and want to bitch about a hangnail, yeah. they have made people go, we're tired of your bullshit. I mean, Aaron's not here to speak for himself. Uh, I'll presume to do that, and he'll, I'm sure, correct me next week if I'm wrong. But he and I, especially, and maybe you too as well, Rich, should be firmly in the anti-Trump camp getting ready to go out and vote for the Democrats in the fall. All three of us should be. Now, I can't. I won't speak for him. I think he's having. I think he probably will just to vote against Trump. But he's. I don't think his heart's in it. I don't think he really believes in what he'll be voting for. Again, Aaron, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. Next week, I was just there a little over a year ago, calling Donald Trump a fascist and and had the resistance shit all over my, you know, Instagram or whatever you want to call it. Right? I'm not there. This is what you, I'm not representative of the entire country. I know that, and I'm not presuming to be, but if you can't keep me, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm not alone, man. I am not alone, and there are a lot of people out there that are thinking just the same way I am, exactly the same way I am, but are not going on to, into your fucking liberal little bubble 
your isolated little echo chamber to do rhetorical battle with prefabricated talking points and cliches. We're just not engaging you. That's why you don't see us. We've said, fuck you, we don't want to talk to you anymore. We know what you're about. We know how ridiculous you are. You're not worth engaging. We'll go do our own thing. Grab him by the pussy would have destroyed anybody else. Right. Grab him by like, the pussy was a better alternative to you. That was a watershed moment <clears throat> in this whole debacle that's been the last year and a half. Oh, man, like, if you go back and listen to our show. Dude, we, we were like, he's up. done. Over. Thanks for playing. Have a good one. The fact that he made it through that, you got to look in the mirror. Be like, what the fuck? How they do didn't. we lose? How they do didn't. we lose these people? They didn't do it. They doubled down. So, anyway, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say it one more time. If, if you're here in Michigan and you watch television, pay attention to those Republican. You know, I, I turn the channel now. I can't watch them. <laughs> My girlfriend even started yelling at the TV last night. She's so sick of them and really eager for Tuesday to get here. But if you pay attention to those ads. It will speak volumes to where the political apparatus thinks we are in this state. They think that Donald Trump is the key to success, that having him associated with you, I mean, as you're like he looking upon Donald Trump as this as this politician up for election on Tuesday. You have got to look like you are on your knees pray, praising Donald Trump. You've never voted against him. You agree with everything that Donald Trump is. That attitude and that image being projected on every political ad in this state speaks more than anything. They know yeah. what's going on. They, they have seen the barometer. Yeah, on Tuesday you have to either love him or hate him. That's how all the ads yeah. that I've seen are positioned. Right. And, if, yeah, and if, if if the polling looked, the internal polling in the RNC or in these individual campaigns looked like Donald Trump was a drag, they would be avoiding him just to get elected. I, I saw one ad where I don't even know who it was for, they, the, but they said this person was going to fight the racism of Donald Trump. That's that's in their ad. That's Tanadar. Shri. Yeah. The Indian like, guy. We're going to like, kick Donald Trump's I'm racism like, really? out of Michigan. Like, Are you really? Have you been to Hillsdale? Let me well, take you, Shri. I'm thinking, like, Donald Trump is bad didn't work in 2016. We're still going to try it? Mm-hmm. That was, that was pretty much that was the last three months of Hillary's campaign. That was her theme, was Donald Trump is bad. It, yep. it didn't work. Right. And I got, I got, I got bigger news for for you, for for the people trying that. Didn't work in the '80s against Reagan. It didn't work in the 2000s against Bush. Stop doing the same fucking thing mm -hmm. and expecting different results. I think it's. I I I am almost offended. I don't know Sri Tanadar. I don't know anything about him. But to me, I'm not offended by the fact that. There's an Indian dude running for governor. I could give a shit less, but it's such, you know what it reminds me of? It's like Token on South Park. Yeah. It's like they propped this guy up, or he's propped himself up. Somebody has propped him up as almost the token foreigner to run against in, in the, the Republican candidates. He's in, the in house the Negro. <laughs> I'll say it. He's the house <laughs> Negro. Maybe. 
But I'll let you say it. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that, he's the house Hindu? Should we go well, that I, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll, my family who left Michigan um, and who pay attention to the politics in this state are losing their fucking minds over who's the, 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 the Democratic candidates for governor. Mm. They are flipping the fuck out. And that right there, they represent pretty much your average conservative from the older Republicans to the newer Trump, whatever his party, party of Trump Republicans. Mm. And I mean, it's you have a Muslim, you have an Indian. Yeah. You got Democratic Socialists. You got you got a woman running who's up there cussing, fix the damn roads. You know what the hell's wrong? And I'm like, you people voted for Trump. Yeah. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but is, this, I, is this the beginning of the of the of the demog- uh, of the the demagogic push then? You see what I'm saying? They're looking for that 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 formula, that Trump formula that worked. In 2016, the caricature. The chick in uh, New York. I, I Nixon, listen to Anthea Nixon. No. The Democratic oh, the, with the crazy eyes. The communist. Whatever. Uh, uh, Octavio, whatever yeah, her name right. is. Yeah. She's only 28. She can't run for president for another six years. Seven, excuse me, seven. Yeah, 35. But I'm telling you, I I listen to NPR because I can't listen to sports talk all the time because it's just the same shit. And I hate music on the radio. And I'm telling you, she is being groomed as that is the great hope for the Democrats to election cycles from now. She's going to come in and just capture the hearts and minds of 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 the, the, the liberal hotbeds in this country and enough of the, the people in the, in, in the flyover states to pull an Obama. If you prop up an avowed socialist, borderline, I think she, is she the one that Aaron actually came out, she said she was a communist? I believe so. If that's the case, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface that, if, if, I, if I have this mistaken, then I, I'll, I'll retract everything I'm about to say. But if you prop someone up, who's an admitted communist, as any sort of a national political figure, it's going to make the suicide you committed with Hillary Clinton look like child's play. If you if you want to figure out a way to energize the conservative base even more and find something even more conservative, conservatively radical, put a communist up there. Yeah, that won't go well. Think about that. If you that if you got that go reaction well. out of Hillary Clinton, an establishment Democrat, what kind of <laughs> a minority communist? Fine, I I I'll, I don't care about the minority part of it. A lot of people do. You combine that with communist, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Do you think is, that your energized base is going to come out in in fuller force? Then the redneck base? You know, I have to say, I, I think it's amazing that when I was younger, it was pretty much a given in politics. If you were a Republican, that you were not going to get the majority of the black vote. It was just a given. Yeah. Now, and they and they acted accordingly. They gave, you know, lip service to, you know, certain issues that they had to. But they didn't go campaign hard in Detroit. They didn't go campaign hard in, in, in Scranton, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Right. They just knew. 
Yeah. Uh, they knew they knew better. Yeah, but now, resources. yeah. But now we we are we are so on the other side of this black hole that we've been sucked into but that you have Democrats. Just be a regular under, hole, Rich. <laughs> you have you have Demo- I'll take it up with fucking Einstein when you see him in the next world. Uh, we have Democrats who are running on. If we don't get the white vote, it doesn't matter because if, if we can get every minority eligible to vote for us, we can beat the white vote even if they all vote against us. No, you can't. No, you, you the math can't. isn't there yet. You can't because you're not factoring in women. It's They're not all going to vote for you. They're it's not still all, 70 to 30. Yeah, I mean, we, we may We've be a, a lesser majority than we were. Uh, the white vote is still the majority vote in this country. It, you, what you're doing is a, it's, a, it's a losing proposition by alienating the largest demographic in the fucking country. Exactly. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I, I just I can't believe. It's like they want to lose. <laughs> it's almost like they want to. Did I ever send you, Todd, the, uh, the, the, the first like five minutes of the show? Um, it was on HBO. They had Jeff Daniels. Where he's on a panel and they ask. No, oh, I saw that. I've seen that clip. Okay, yeah. you've seen you've seen it. Yeah. 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 I just keep I, I keep thinking back to what he said when he's when he you know he looks at the guy on the right and he's like you know blah 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 and he looks at the chick on the left and he goes, "Here's the problem with liberals. You lose. You lose all the time. You lose when you shouldn't lose. What's wrong with you?" And it's I I I, I almost think you're right. It's like. If we can play the victim card so effectively, we can keep this machine rolling. We can keep the money coming in, and we don't need to win. Because there's always the hope that we will win. It's like the producers. It's like the producers. Yeah. Create a failure to still make money. Exactly. They are the Chicago Cubs fans, before 2016, of politics. It's like every year, if we could just get our fan base to hope, they will fill that old stadium, and they will they will raise their kids to be fans and their grandkids to be fans, and they will be loyal to us to a fault. All you got to do is build the brand. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> and on that note, are we getting done? Yes, we need to. Are we yeah. we have reached four hours. Yeah, this was good. I mean, yeah, we didn't have a lot of. Not like we. Wait a minute, real quick. How long was the Conan one? Conan oh, the seven Barbarian? hours. Damn it! That's still. You guys yeah. did a seven-hour podcast. No. no. The projection booth podcast available on ChristopherMedia.net uh, <laughs> did a seven-hour. Rub it off, idea. Good for you. <laughs> did a seven-hour podcast on Conan the Barbarian. Wow. So you can check that out on ChristopherMedia.net. Along with all the other podcasts, we got an Amazon uh, link. We got a PayPal button, all that crazy shit. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye. See ya. I'll miss you. If you like this show, please tell a friend. 
Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.